two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Monday, May 16th, from the world-famous Big X Studios here in lovely, sunny, beautiful, all-too-warm Louisville, Kentucky. Mike Rutherford here with you for the next three hours, along with my guy Trevor Kelsey behind the glass. It is the start of a big week around here. We talked about it a little bit last week, but it is Pick the Headliner Week. We're going to be giving away uh, passes to Louder Than Life and Bourbon Beyond all week long. Uh, and the, the thing that we're doing this week is each winner is going to get to pick the headliner they want to see. We are excited about this. We're going to have a different, uh, I guess, way of giving these tickets away every single day this week. I know we've had a couple of requests from people saying you've got to let the podcast folks get in on it. I've got a plan for that. We're going to have one day this week that is strictly for the podcast listeners. But today, listen in, 5 o'clock hour, going to do a little, well, you know, we're starting off slow. The basic concept, the, the, the basic, the easiest way to do this is always a trivia question. So we're going to do that today at 5 o'clock. All sorts of other shenanigans coming your way for the next three hours. If you want to weigh in with us, the best way, as always, is to text us on the Thornton Sex line, that number 502-414-1450. We want to hear your questions. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your concerns. We want to hear your topic ideas. It's uh, it's your show as well. We love interacting with you. So hit us up on the text line. While you're at it, download that Refreshing Rewards app from Thornton's. Thornton's, you know it. You've seen it because there's a million of them in Louisville. If you need to fill up, if you want to save money and Lord knows we all need to save money right now at the pump. Download that Refreshing Rewards app. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up at one of your area Thornton's locations. The big guy behind the glass, he's rocking a New Jersey Devils t-shirt today. I think, of course, it's NHL playoffs time. They got eliminated, though, I believe, right? I don't even know if they were in the playoffs. I'm pretty I, sure they're not playing anymore. I wanted to bust out the flame shirt because they won Game 7 last night. They did. I watched. Knocked it was out fantastic. the stars, watched overtime at least because I saw it on the ticker, and I was like, hey. I guess I can turn off uh, this movie for a few minutes and watch this. And a boy. Pause the movie. I went back and finished it. Don't worry. So rare for you to indulge in some sports these days. It is. It's well, nice. I mean, we're, we're playing fast and loose with hockey. It's sport. That's okay. <laughs> uh, and, no, I tease you Canadians. Please don't belt me with Tim Horton's copy. Uh, but yeah, I watched it, so, but I couldn't find the, the Calgary. I only have one. I need to get more because I'm thinking, I know Kraken are my team. But I'm kind of, I don't know. Something about the Flames. I, I like the logo. It's. It's a Canadian team. I, I, you got to almost kind of embrace the, the, the team from Canada when you pick your Canadian when you pick your hockey team. I feel like yeah, I'm with you. 
I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking I mean, maybe get a few more Calgary shirts. I wrecked the Lance long, long sleeve for the first part of the day today, but I had to take it off. It's too hot. The Detroit Lions now? Week one, future Week 1 champions, uh, Detroit Lions. That looks like the uh, Lions shirt that, and you're not going to get this reference because you uh, are anti-cool when it comes to 80s movies, but <laughs> it's very similar to the Lions shirt that Axel Foley wears, I think, in uh, Better Hills Cop the original. Everyone listening just was there like, yeah, I knew that's exactly where he was well, going. Of course. I mean, he's a movie based in Detroit. He was a Detroit cop. Of course. Had to, you know, fish out of water in Beverly Hills. How are you this Monday, Trevor? I'm good. Yourself? How was the weekend? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, pretty full. Pretty full. I left. I did leave the house for to go get a carton of cigarettes. But other boy. than that, um, had a good, good little ring in movies last night. How many movies this weekend? What's the count? Oh, Over, under, seven and a half? Under. Oh, wow. Because I did watch both basketball games on Saturday and uh, on Sunday. Really cut a new movie time. Yeah, I know. But I did. I, last night was a good one. I, had, I think I did four of them last night. I did, uh, I did Commando. I did Green Book. Okay. And I did Disturbing Behavior. <laughs> the co- I mean, Green Book followed by Disturbing Behavior. Actually, that was the order I went in. Actually, no, it was actually it was actually Green Book, Disturbing Behavior, Disturbing Behavior, then Commando. Do you think in the history of... I haven't seen Disturbing Behavior since, like, high school, so... Since, I guess, since Green Book has been released. Which I like that movie. Do you think you're the only human being that has ever watched <laughs> Disturbing Behavior and Green Book back to back? Because I like, I know there are a lot of people out there. That are, it's a big, it's a big blue planet. A lot of people out there. A lot of people like movies. I legitimately think you're the only person who's ever watched those two movies back to back. I mean, if somebody doesn't actually know the movies, they could be like, "Oh yeah, Disturbing Behavior it must be uh, like a sequel to Green Book." No, because Green Book, you know, there's a lot of disturbing behavior in that movie. <laughs> I just remember. I remember the first time I saw Green Book. I got. I'm watching the movie, and it's such a. It's a good movie, and then like it gets to the part where they get to it's just Louisville, Kentucky, and there's like a six second moment in my life where I get so excited, I'm like Louisville, yeah. yeah. And then I remember the concept of the movie and the date. And I'm like, not great, Louisville. Oh god, yeah. no. Please no. <laughs> and of course, we're the first city that it. The racism yeah. rears its like, ugly head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, it's of course it's us. What are you gonna do? Yeah, so Hand up. but I did get that first six seconds of excitement seeing my city's name on. I'm like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> Where should we start today? Because th- breaking they- breaking down the fact that Kitty Holmes was determined to get the phrase "razor over" and disturbing behavior and it never worked. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> the whole time I watched that movie, she keeps using it. I'm like. No. You notice how I try to get away from disturbing behavior? And, like, you just keep, like, the fish hook keeps going back, and you just keep reeling. Here's something else that bugged me over the weekend. <laughs> we have an intern here. You're learning everything not to do, by the way. So, Saturday, I watched Pretty Woman, okay? Okay. I know you know Pretty Woman, right? You've watched Pretty Woman, like, five times, I think, since we started the show. I love Pretty Woman. But there's something about it. Something that never stuck out to me originally, and then it finally, like, started bugging me on Saturday. Okay. You know the movie, correct? Familiar with it. Okay, yes. Uh, you know, he picks her up, he takes her, you know, he picks her up in this Lotus, this expensive sports car. He takes her to the, the, the Wilshire Beverly Hills, the penthouse. Mm-hmm. And what baffles me is like, clearly she knows this guy's loaded, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. And yet when he offers like to have her for the whole night, she's like, you can't afford me. And he's like, well, how much? She's like 300. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like, this guy's in the penthouse. You think you can't afford $300 for a night? The fact that. <laughs> That's the part of a movie about high-level prostitution that you find the most unbelievable. Well, she's she's is... supposed to be smarter than your average prostitute, right? Like she's Yogi the Bear of, of, of prostitutes. Look, <laughs> I, I get that it was more difficult for screenwriters to do their due diligence when it comes to research back in probably the early '90s, but I, 
not as someone who has dabbled in high-level prostitution. I mean, I don't think that that's how the world actually it works. That's not. The, it's not. Three hundred seems low for Julia Roberts. It, I mean, well, not only that, I agree, but the fact that she thought he couldn't afford it while she's sitting in the penthouse—it's a bold statement. Yeah, it's like, come on, really? You don't think he can afford? I mean, he could probably just drop you three hundred just to leave and not have a, not, not have another thought about it. It's. There are many troubling problems with the movie. There are many. It's not a flawless film. We'll say oh no! That. I mean, well, visual wise, it's completely screwed up. There's like twelve different like continue. Uh, where there's a scene where she's eating ice cream and the ice cream's gone and it's back again, and you know, little things like that where they completely screwed up the filming of it. I can I think I, at one point in one of my film classes at Wagner, I pointed out like eight of them where they screwed up the. The cutting of things. My other favorite movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, has a lot of those, too. Uh, it does. You're right. And it's kind of annoying, but it's okay. I just glanced at the text line, and there's the guy who uh, I think listens to like Hoosier Report and, and Matt Dennison. And, <laughs> this is show. Like, but he always responds to the, the political talk shows that are on in the middle of the day. And so the very first thing that I see when I pull up the text line is, you Nazi jackasses are overpaid. <laughs> And I was like, "Are you talking about us?" Because at first glance, I'm like, "Are you I'm like is this is this a reference to us?" We haven't mentioned anything remotely political. And then I'm like, "Oh, it's from twelve twenty three. Unless, unless he just really has a thing about disturbing behavior. So <laughs> there are. It's once again, it's a not a gigantic weekend in the world of U of L sports, no, which I, I kind of wanted to start off with, like a a general question for both you and the masses, like. Should we be concerned about the fact that we don't have any guards? Because I, I'm looking at the calendar, <laughs> and it's May 16th, and this whole like, well, it's going to be fine. It's the transfer portal. We don't need to be quite as you know eager to get the roster assembled as we used to be, which I still agree with. But it's May 16th. We, we got one guard. We also be, well. Does, does James count as a guard? He could be. I mean, I think he's late listed maybe as a guard. He can I play mean- the two or the three. Okay. I mean, hell, anybody can play a guard if you really want to. Sidney Curry could play the th- if the two if we wanted to. I've do. seen him out in that corner. But we've seen the we've, we've all seen the video. We've seen the video. Having said that, I mean, I people are some people are saying there's news coming this week. I'm hearing good things about Malachi Smith. That that you know, I, I guess recruitment is heating up if you want to call it that. Even though there haven't been any published public reports. Um, that sounds promising. We all still assume that Amani Bates is coming, a guy who can play. I guess either one of the guards' positions. I don't think he can play point. I've said that. But at this point, hell, you can give him a shot. But in any other year, we've got nine scholarship players. We've got four available scholarships. We've got one true, like no question about it, by definition guard. In any point guard. In any other year, I mean, like imagine if Chris Mack hadn't been fired. And this is we're going into Chris Mack year five. And we're looking at this roster. And we're saying... Well, first of all, like, why the hell did everybody leave? What's going on? <laughs> but also we're saying, who the hell's going to run this team? What are we going to do if LLS gets into some foul trouble or, God forbid, gets hurt in the middle of the season? Are we going to have J.J. Trainer running point? It's just a – like, that was my initial thought for first for first idea because there's not a whole lot else going on in the world of UL sports. Um, we can talk – I mean, the baseball team, after Friday's great finish, which we talked about because it happened on the air, uh, they end up dropping the next two games. They dropped two out of three. Not a crushing series loss to Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech is the number three team in the country. What was yesterday's score? I, mean, I saw Saturday's game. I missed yesterday's score. Though. I believe yesterday was 6-4. to four. Okay, so they didn't get blown out at least. It was a – and I, I need to reach out to – I'd like to have Dan McDonald on at some point this week. I know he was trying to come on a few weeks ago. Um, but I'd like to ask him because it's one of those series where, yeah, you dropped two out of three. 
to a, a good team. And you never want to do that, especially this late in the season when there's so much at stake. But I wonder if there was a part of him that was at least a little bit encouraged by the fact that you dropped the Saturday and Sunday games primarily because of the bats and not the arms. Because the, the routine we've gotten into the last month or so has been Jared Poland pitches well on Friday night. We win that game. And then if we're winning the games on Saturday and Sunday, it's like 19 to 14 or, you know, 18 to six. Like we're, the, the, the arms have not given us those chances to win. They've been giving up touchdowns in the first three games. And both on Saturday and Sunday, the pitching was actually good enough to win. It was just the, the bats that let people down a little bit, which, you know, you never want to lose. You, you never want to, to blame one side or the other. But if you had to pick this weekend as a Louisville fan who's looking big picture, who wants to see the cards go back to Omaha and chase a national title, I'm glad it was the arms that didn't let us down in the two weekend games, the two one, Saturday Sunday games. These one of these moments I kind of wish I knew more about Virginia Tech. Like, are, is it? Do they have a good pitching staff? Well, yeah. I do mean, they have a maybe they're a the number poor, three team in the country. Do they have a poor offense though? They I got mean, good I, everything. Okay, so I'm just I'm just because I'm just wondering if it's just you know a matter of matchup or not. But otherwise, then yeah, I would be. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when we talked about. I think I brought it up during the Kentucky game a while back, where it's like, yeah, it was a close game, but. You know what? I'll I'll take it because the pitching staff on a Tuesday looked good. Uh-huh. Again, I don't care how bad Kentucky's offense is at that time, or even Virginia Tech's may be over this weekend. Our pitching has been at least to start the first month or so of the season, or first part of the season has been sketchy at best. Well, and, and and yeah, you're right. I would I, I wanted. I hope this is like a bad slump for the offense, but the pitching is coming around, and not one of those. Can we get them to work on the same time? type of deals yeah it was a it was an odd performance by the bats because you had guys that have been typically just raking over the last I mean really the entire season just kind of not coming through in clutch situations and then the game on Saturday because they they, they took Ben Bianco out for a pinch runner in the eighth inning they were left with like a, a short bench and they had second and third down by one base hit ties the game maybe gives a little of the lead and they brought in uh i think drake westcott off the bench who's hitting like 173 he's a true freshman i believe true I freshman mean, the poor kid and he, it was lefty he, on lefty he looked like a deer in headlights that i felt kind of, i felt bad for him a little bit i mean he was and the the, the pitcher for virginia <laughs> tech did what you're supposed to do lefty on lefty guy who's not had a hit in a long time you feed him breaking balls like yep. make, make him chase something down and he just he was not going to lay off he was jumpy and uh it was a it was a sort of an Annoying way to end the game, but they battled in both the Saturday and Sunday games. And I think this weekend will be a nice test to see if that was maybe a true turning of the corner for Louisville's weekend pitching because Virginia's coming to town. And Virginia, you know, the one team in the ACC with a definitively better offense than we have, and we're one of the best offensive teams in the entire country. Virginia, number two in the country in, in uh, batting average as a team, and I believe number five in terms of just total runs scored. So it, it should be an explosive weekend at Jim Patterson. The Cards will play Eastern Kentucky tomorrow night at 6 at Jim Pat, and then uh, the Cavaliers will come to town for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. They move it up a, a week because you've got the ACC tournament next week, which will start in the middle of the week, so you don't want to have teams <laughs> we overly fatigued. Use any good? I mean, they're EKU. I mean, I know, but I mean, come on. I mean, you not you. I think we've played them already. We, we know year. baseball, though. You you can't just overlook the 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 name on the jersey sometimes when it comes to college baseball. I think in this case, you probably can. Okay, good. Midweek games. I mean, we have seen crazier things happen. Well, we've lost. We lost like Moorhead last year. We yeah, lost to some, I mean, exactly. Uh, we've, we've, but yeah, I'm just saying, it's not a team you should. Lose yeah, I mean, to. if they're a 500 team, then no, I'm not going to really worry well, about it whatsoever. Good. But. I mean, they're thirty-three and seventeen. Mm-hmm. They're eighteen and nine in the. Uh, I guess was it? Are they in the Atlantic Sun now? Missouri Valley. I don't know. No, they're not in the Missouri Valley. They made the move to the Atlantic Sun. <laughs> Ohio Valley. Because they're in Bellarmine's conference now. Are they? Okay. Their, their first year, I believe. 
at okay. least in basketball. So yeah. Uh, so one of the better teams in the Atlantic. Son. So this team might be competitive. Then I'm, I'm, this might not be a hopefully not. How a... afraid of you are East, of Eastern Kentucky right now? <laughs> hey, listen, we've already established baseball is the hardest thing to win, right? Trevor thinks EKU is going to win a College <laughs> World Series before Louisville does. Don't underestimate the Colonels. All right, listen, okay. I'm fully underestimating the Cardinals. I'm not saying they won't win. I'm just saying it's a Tuesday game that you should win. And then Virginia comes down to wrap up the regular season. So That sucks for Virginia. It does. We're going to sweep them. Why do we always have to play Virginia last in everything? Besides football, I guess. Why does ACC determine to make us and Virginia just hate each other? They, you know, they're, they're like, they're so it's so lazy. Maryland <laughs> leaves. They're like, you know what? We could we could rework this. We're just going to plug Louisville into Maryland's spot. I mean, see, before they joined the ACC, was there any care about Virginia in anything? I mean, there was, I mean, I've got thoughts on Thomas Jefferson. I mean, there was maybe a little Virginia Tech when, like, you're in your Del Curry days of the Metro. I mean, there was maybe a little bit Ace Custis and, and company. I mean, there was maybe a little beef there. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't even remember ever playing Virginia. In anything. In anything. I don't either. Until we joined the ACC. I like the Barber Twins. <laughs> yeah, I think my best Virginia member is watching them beat Florida State for the first ACC win that wasn't a Seminole. I, it was. And on Thursday night. War, That's how I knew them War forever. Dunn getting stopped at the goal line, yeah. They had a really good running back one year. <laughs> yeah, with Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. <laughs> yeah. I love Tiki Barber. Freaky Tiki. I was a big fan. We used to call him 10-point Tiki in, in fantasy football. He was guaranteed to get you 50 yards rushing and 50 receiving. Great story. Before you had, uh, of course, that was also before... Uh, getting points per catch so quick last thought on the on the baseball side of things for the cards because the you know big picture i don't think losing the series to virginia tech like took louisville out of hosting a regional they only dropped three spots in the rpi i think they're still either number 10 or number 11 in the rpi right now so still very good shot at hosting a regional still a very good shot at being a top eight national seed but it did drop them behind notre dame in the atlantic division standings if you're looking at conference mm-hmm. and the standings are fluky we the, beat them too though we swept them yeah, I swept them. When they were number, number one, one, UK fan who texted in about that. Um, <laughs> Jeez, so the this, this schedule is a little bit wonky because we've played a differ, uh, differing amount of games. We also have that annoying tie against Wake Forest. <sighs> but as of right now, Notre Dame 15-9. and nine, They're on top of us in the, the Atlantic Division standings. We are 16-10-1. So we've played, uh, you know, uh, what, three full games more than they have. We've got this series against Virginia – they wrap up the regular season against – they're at Miami. So we take care of business against Virginia. They drop two out of three against Miami. We're Atlantic Division champions. And that's, that's reasonable because Miami's good. Miami's good. They're the best team in the conference. They're 18-9 yeah. and nine overall. They, they are – played us. Uh, they are, uh, again, weird conference standings because of canceled games and stuff. They're 18-9 in the Coastal. Uh, Virginia Tech is in second at 16-9. So technically behind them despite having the same number of losses, but they've just played two fewer games. Um, it's it's weird. Whatever. Like These teams are all good. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament and play it out there. It doesn't really matter. So Bring them. There you go. Bring it. Uh, the other baseball note that we have to talk about. In the yeah. First I mean, you okay, know. Before, before we do that, do how, have, have you been feeling better this weekend? No. I feel terrible today. <laughs> do you really? I mean, I'm, I, I'm trying. I see you've got the saltines out. I and, do. And the Gatorade Zero. But the Gatorade Zero can be good for you. You need sugar, though. And I don't need salt. sugar. I need salt. Does the, it's I mean, high in sodium, no sugar. Oh, okay. So you got I am the... pumping my body full of salt on a day. <laughs> the thing is. You go out to Utah, the Salt Lakes. I felt good yesterday. And I did like like the overexertion is it hits you the next day apparently with this, so like I was out in the sun a bunch like did some yard work Virginia we, we brought the little baby pool out for her and she wanted to play outside a bunch so and I felt like semi normal human being which was nice we told you you looked up the heat is a like bad thing I know but like I can't I've got to live it was my like life ninety to a, degrees outside yesterday I have to live my life to a certain degree I've got to do something well I mean you and kind of put me on my ass today 
I mean, but you've got you got to pick and choose your battles there, man. I mean, what what I mean, let's say Friday you get home, you kind of relaxed, right? I assume, and Saturday, a mm-hmm. little little more relaxed, didn't go out too much and do anything, you know, with the fam on on Saturday. No, um, Virginia got sick. No, we were driving around to pick up a Walmart order, and she just hot dog puke everywhere in the back seat, <laughs> everywhere. Pulled over at a gas station, uh, ran in. They had no napkins, no no toilet paper. The bathrooms were broken. What, what about the? I stole a towel from the, like where the soda machines are. If you're hearing this, um, Thornton's or not not a Thorntons, oh, yeah. not a Thorntons, <laughs> not a Thorntons. Yeah. Let me clarify that. Not a Thorntons. I don't even know what gas station this was. It begin with an S. Or something. Gas station on Newburg Road, by, right by the Waterson. I apologize. I had to just gank a what about a, a towel from the soda machine area to clean, help clean don't, up. Don't they have paper towels? Like they had nothing. Well, at the, at the gas pumps though, where you when you do your windshield and these have the, no. They didn't have those either? No, there was no time to check. What a ghetto gas station. You stop it. It was. I mean, <laughs> I was surprised by how it looked inside. I passed that gas station a million times. It was, yeah, people behind the bulletproof glass. I was like, what is going on here? But so that makes for a fun Saturday. It was great. Yeah, wonderful. And then she puked in the middle of the night again. And so I'm Does terrified. Does still smell like it, by the way? Uh, no, actually. Really? It was a bunch of like undigested hot dogs. I don't know how. If she, She's not you? <laughs> I guess not. She hadn't had a hot dog in a long time. She ate like two in five minutes. It, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And then boom, hot dog everywhere. And then she gets up in the middle of the night and she, I mean, to her credit, like she knows, she, like, we kept asking Saturday night, like, do you think, are you going to throw up again? Like, are you feeling better? And she kept saying almost, almost. And she went to sleep and I was like, if you feel your stomach hurt, like call for daddy, like, like, like tell me you, and I'll come get you. And I came in there and I wasn't sure if it was just her stomach was actually hurting or she just wanted to get in bed and she just was you know, normal night. And then she starts kind of retching. And she holds it. She gets to the toilet. She's like a, like an adult, like grabs the toilet, like gets it all in there. And when she's done, she flushes the toilet herself and she goes, I got all the yucky out. And she was fine ever since then. But I like, say the same thing after vomiting. It sounded, it was a lot like dealing with you on a, on a Saturday night. I <laughs> yeah. But so like the rest of that night, I don't sleep at all because every time she moves, I'm terrified that she's about to throw up all over me and all over the bed because that has happened before now um so so that was a little bit of a damper on our saturday plans and then it ruined our sunday plans because we couldn't we were supposed to uh, see family but we couldn't because we were worried that she had a stomach bug and that we'd like last time go to everybody else but it sounds like i think it was just a kid didn't like hot dogs i guess that's amazing but the hot dog i think no i think it's more the hot dogs didn't like her i think that was it because i don't think i can't think there's a kid that doesn't like dislike hot dogs even even i ate hot dogs as a kid i had some hot dogs this weekend yeah but so we so yesterday ended up being i did yard work and then we got the yard work i mean what do you want me to do trevor like the call my man alex (laughs) well we have had to make some plans for other yard work moving forward because i can't yeah, I mean, Pots you, know, you want me. me to be out? Like, yes. Pots is ruining my life, Trevor. I mean, you, you, you are surviving pots, okay? You don't need to be out in the heat doing, what were you doing, like pulling some weeds or something? Or? Trimming trees and trimming bushes. Yeah, I mean, that. You know, yes. Call my guy. It's like 20 bucks. He'll come out there and do it for you. 20 $25. I mean, hell, I'll give you 25 bucks to, to have him do it for you so you don't have to go out there and sit in the heat. Wow. It, lesson learned. Today has been a little bit rough, but we're we're powering I, I through. I don't I don't know why Trey, you keep trying to, to, to defy me. I keep telling you, but no. We're powering through. We're gonna right. we're gonna be okay. Yeah, learn these lessons. I love that the text line's already blown up. We haven't talked about anything. We already have a bunch of text. So. <laughs> I disagree. I think we've discussed a lot. <laughs> and we haven't even got to the best moment of, of the weekend. I tell you what, put a pin in that. You know what it is, right? I know. <laughs> I, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to what I think people think that you're talking about coming up after the break. I will discuss uh, what the Cincinnati Reds were able to do and not do at the same time yesterday. Uh, we'll take more of your texts. Uh, we'll read texts in the next segment, 502-414-1450. And remember, we're giving away 
backstage passes, uh, single day passes to be Bourbon and Beyond coming up here at the 5 o'clock hour. We'll do that for the first time. It is the Pick the Headliner Week. We're going to get that party started uh, today in a couple of hours. So keep it locked here. Next segment coming up here after the break. We'll talk about the Reds. We'll talk about the other stuff that Trevor's got going on. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next here on 1450 The Big X. Is there a, I feel like I, the theme is pretty self-explanatory today. What is that? Are we not doing like Bourbon and Beyond, Louder Than Life type acts? No, not today. Okay. We will we will do the week, and if it does match our our giveaway theme, that, that'll be a perfect one to use that. Okay. No, today, today is a year mixed with a soundtrack, but the movie came out the year, so I just kind of... Is it a movie that you've mentioned today? Because a lot of times you do that, yeah. where it'll end up being a soundtrack of a movie that you've watched over I the weekend. Unfortunately, we use six songs on this show in a day. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's sometimes hard to find a movie soundtrack with six like le- decent songs to use. I can see that. I mean, it, it can narrow it down. And then and sometimes when there are movie soundtracks, they have at least six songs. It's usually because they use like the, uh, like half of them are generic like in every movie song. Okay. Um. But yeah, so but today the the I, I used three of them off the soundtrack, and then the rest are from the same year the movie was released. Now, for the record, this was not on the soundtrack. The song, okay. The first one was though. That's kind of confusing for the trying people trying to figure out what's going on. But okay, <laughs> you're confused. I'm living in my shoes. Yeah. I, <laughs> so let's talk. We've got the louder than life bourbon to be and beyond tick, and you've talked about how picking a headliner this year is it's tough. It's tough. I, I Plus, mean, you get to pick between both shows. You do. I mean, so I just say pick only one from Bourbon and Beyond. I mean, that's a, that's tough in its own right. So you've got like like Thursday at Bourbon and Beyond. You've got Jack White, Alanis Morissette, Father Ooh. John Misty. Friday you get Kings of Leon, Brandy Carlisle, Jason Isbell. Um, I wonder if Brandy Carlisle is related to Belinda Carlisle. Probably not. Saturday Pearl Jam, Greta Van Vliet. Uh, Sunday Chris Stapleton and the Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald, your boy. No, that's is that Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers? Or are they going solo separately? They are, he's with the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, because they were once a group, yeah. I, you, I thought you'd be more excited about this. I am excited. I am excited. Don't worry. And then Louder Than Life, Nine Inch Nails that Thursday. I don't know which one I would pick if they let me win. Slipknot on Friday, Shine Down on Friday, Saturday Kiss, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Chevelle, Red Hot Chili Peppers on Sunday, Alice in Chains, Incubus, who you've played many times on this show. Is, that, is that, the last three you named, is that all on the same day? Yeah, Sunday. And Ooh. Papa Roach. Ooh, that Sunday might be my day. I've seen, I've seen, and of course, as you were, I've seen Allison, I've seen Allison Chains live twice, with both with unfortunately that Lane Stanley, uh, but I haven't seen Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I would love to see Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, you know, I got me a Papa Roach single in me. I only know one song by him, but cut, it, it, cut my life into pieces. Yeah, yeah. but it, this is my last. And I wish I could use it, but the radio edit version doesn't really even fly that well. It sounds. I mean, I can assume. <laughs> yeah, you, you know the song, right? I mean, that's one of my pump up songs. 
That's one of the songs that gets me ready to go to fight. That was a yeah. That, that's a much better pick than "Eye of the Tiger." <laughs> no, it's you. not. I thought you were going to say it's better than the Limp Biscuit break stuff song that I was well, like. It's <laughs> also better than Limp Biscuit. Oh uh, no! Well, everything's better than Limp Biscuit. But, uh, and then you have Incubus on. Did you say Incubus right? On that? I did. Man, that's a loaded ass Sunday. Loaded ass Sunday. I mean, that's LAS. That might be the only. That's the only one probably from Louder Than Life I'd pick because I'm not. I'm not. Uh, louder Than Life's a little sometimes a little more. Uh, Hard rocky for me. A little louder. A little louder than yeah. Like I'm not a big. I've seen. I've actually seen Slipknot, but I'm not a huge fan. So if you're listening out there, potential winners, start thinking about who you're going to pick because that's that's going to be the next question we ask. After you win, congratulations. After and then it becomes who you going with. Who would you pick? I'd have to think about it. I'm torn between Sunday Louder in Life and uh, did you say Doobie Bros and Pearl Jam are the same day, right? No. Oh, which who had Pearl Jam with? Pearl Jam is Saturday for Bourbon and Beyond. Doobie Brothers are Sunday, Bourbon Beyond. See, I'd want to see Pearl Jam so bad. I don't even really, not really concerned with like the undercard on that one. Hey, oh, triple wants to see Pearl Jam. You know, Brian Man Dugan, I guarantee he'll be there for that one. He probably will. He went and saw him at Wrigley Field, which would have been awesome. All right, let's talk about what happened yesterday in Cincinnati. (laughs) Do we really? Yeah. Are you sure? Quickly. I feel like you're nauseous enough. The Reds pitched a no-hitter. Woohoo! First since Tom Browning, right? The Reds lost. Not the first since Tom Browning. Homer <laughs> Bailey pitched like two. Did he really? Yeah. And even our interns like Homer Bailey, dude. He walked. He's a twenty-one-year-old kid's over like smacking me down with the knowledge. I mean, how could you forget the Homer <laughs> Bailey post-game interview? I can't where, forget, how can I forget? I've been trapped. I was a Reds fan. You like tried to forget Homer Bailey's career. No, he's got a fantastic wine. He's a great winemaker. So Browning's the only last perfect game then. Or only perfect game. I for believe Reds. that's correct. Because yeah. Homer Bailey walked one guy both games, and the second time it happened, he got asked afterwards on live TV. They were like, "You know, is it something like you know, late in the game, you I think you walked a guy in the seventh or the eighth?" And he, they said, "You know, is it, did it get in your head a little bit?" And he, and he was like, "No, man, I just effing walked a guy." And he just said it like so straightforwardly with the f bomb. It was it was wonderful. I mean, easily the best Homer Bailey moment besides maybe man, his debut. I feel, but please have had one no hitter in franchise history. He had like a dozen. Well, you know, at least we won. The our Reds only. have it all. Hey, at least we won our only ones in 1985. <laughs> so once again, we didn't even get to the lead, which is the Reds threw a no hitter and they lost. <laughs> <laughs> one nothing to the Pirates. Sixth time it's ever happened in the history of Major League Baseball. Are you surprised it's happened that many times? Yes, because you know, yesterday I knew it had happened before because my our, our red sex group starts buzzing, and people are like, "Is it? Is this the first time it's ever happened? Like, are we going to make history here?" And I was like, "No, I, I know it's happened before, but I was thinking it was like two, maybe three times." I thought I remembered it happening to a White Sox pitch player at one point, and I think that was on the list, but it wasn't the one I was. Like, I vaguely remember watching a White Sox game when they first got on WGN back in the mid-90s. And I think I remember, like, a pitcher going, like, 10 innings, no hit. But then they end up giving up a run, like, the top of the 11th or whatever, bottom of the 11th, and lost the game. And that was his only hit. And they, like, there was the debate of whether it should have been recorded as a no-hit or not because he went nine innings. But lost the game. I also just completely forgot. Like, Wade Miley threw no-hitter last year for the Reds. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? I was in the Wade Miley fan club. I forgot about that. Have a shirt. Love Wade. Miss him already. Um, the Reds, though, they have now thrown in their history 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 no-hitters. Good God. You've had eight, I've 18 got no-hitters. One. One. Dave Steeb. But you're right. <laughs> Only one perfect game. Tom right. Browning in 1988. Look at that. I pulled that one on my this rear. This was the first time they've lost a no-hitter. 
It almost actually happened a few years ago, and Reds fans on the text line can help me with the details, but I remember a game, I want to say seven, eight years ago, where Travis Wood had a, a no-hitter through like eight or nine and ended up giving up one hit, and they still lost in extras. And it was, at the time, I thought, like the most embarrassing thing that could possibly happen. We threw in one hitter, we didn't score, we lost in extra innings. No, 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 no. Combined no hitter, also with like the most exciting thing that you have going for you in your franchise in Hunter Green, just absolutely that's, dealing and looking fantastic. That, that's at least the positive take out of this, right? It should be. It, like that, that should be the story. Is this guy who you like? Remember, they almost didn't sign him. It was this big back and forth, and he finally signed at the eleventh hour. And Reds fans were all relieved, and he's this guy. I mean, he again, we had the conversation last week. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. This, he was a big time deal. He was going to be this new exciting thing that carries the Reds into the new era and he's looking like as good as advertised and yet that's not the headline here and deservedly so because the Reds bleeping lost when they threw a no-hitter it's the first thing I thought of when I when I heard this I saw some I woke up and I saw somebody takes me that the Reds lost and threw a no-hitter I'm like how I mean I guess I I obviously how is you you walk the bases loaded then go for a and don't throw for some reason. I guess don't throw home for the force out. Yeah, uh, I don't know the rhyme or reason for that. I didn't see the highlights, but the reason is Reds. Yes, <laughs> but the first thing I thought of was like, who pitched it? And when I saw Hunter, I'm like, well, that's a positive. I mean, and your boy Art Warren. Well, not my boy because somebody else snagged. You didn't him get him in the draft, bastards. <laughs> that's the only guy I wanted. <laughs> By the way, speaking of which, I might want to go check my lineup. I haven't done it for how many weeks have we been in the season? We're a solid, what, month, month and a half? I, I set my lap like the first week of the season. I haven't been back to the site since. Is it safe to assume that you're not winning the league? Safe to say I'm in last place. Safe to say. <laughs> Are you paying for this league? I already paid for it. It's like 50 bucks. That seems like a waste of money, Trev. <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I probably wasted more than that on Grubhub or whatever, DoorDash week. So hey. I mean. <laughs> uh, it's a different argument, but you're right. But so that's the, the classic Reds making more history in 2022. Where you start to start? Thinking like, hey, you know, if they hadn't lost 21 or 22 games, they'd be okay. They're playing pretty well now. There's some young talent there. There's reason for some optimism moving forward. They do something like this. and They have nine wins, right? Eight or nine. Is it nine? Is it nine? That's nine? so perfect because podcast Trevor, what, what was his statement? When they get to 10, if they get like a 10th win... Didn't he say he was going to start believing? Oh, again? no, no, no. He said if they get to 10 games under 500. Oh, okay, okay. Never mind. If they get to 10 games, his. <laughs> I thought was, it was his 10th win because how perfect would have been this to be the 10th win and no hit? I mean, talk about like inflating the ego of excitement. If they get. he His exact quote, which I will never let him live down, was if they get back down, if they get to 10 games under 500, I'm back in. And I was like, well, why? We're, we're literally. We're 13 games back in the division on May 16th. That shouldn't be possible. We're nine and twenty-six. We lost twenty-one of twenty-two. Phil Castellini still exists. Like this is there's there's no reason to be excited or happy about anything that's happening right now. At least overly happy. Hunter Green. But you know, you get what I'm saying. Big picture. There's no reason to have any sort of optimism about this season being anything other than what it is, which is us flirting with potentially the fewest wins in the history of Major League Baseball. Curiosity. Why did you take Green out to begin with? I'm assuming pitch count. Pitch count. It's a nothing nothing game. Makes no, it so bad. I mean, it's oh. uh, Texas Pit says count. Tom Seaver threw his only no hitter as a red. Did he really? Didn't know that. I did not know that either. Texas also says, Trevor, uh, this guy will not let this go. Is it easier to get upset in the tourney in baseball or basketball? Use your answer to that question to explain your theory that baseball tourney is harder to win than basketball. Sorry, you all brought it up. This guy will not let this go. Wait, did he just like ask the same question twice? Pretty much. 
is it harder to get upset in the baseball or basketball tournament? What's well, way easier to get upset in the baseball tournament? Well, no, upsets probably more basketball though. I mean, no. Uh, upsets like you see one seeds not, you have not to, making out of regionals but to, all the time. But you have to lose multiple times as, as a favorite in baseball. Yeah. And we see it happen every time. Like a one seed has won the men's basketball for all the crazy upsets that happen in the first or second round. I think a one seed has won the men's basketball tournament nine yeah, of the last I mean, thirteen when, years. When usually when the smoke clears, the cream rises to the top in basketball, but you have I mean, it's almost I mean, talent wise is almost the, the more talented teams are more often than not you would think would advance in baseball because you had to lose multiple times, but it also doesn't happen. Right. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. I, mean, you, I think I saw this. It's, like it's like losing a no-hitter. Like seven of the top ten teams in the country this weekend in college baseball lost their series. Well, by what by what rankings? Yeah, exactly. Fair <laughs> point. I'm assuming like RPI. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I need the cough button. I lost it. You lost the cough button. I was used to the OG studio. Not that you didn't even use it that many times. <laughs> I put that video on Instagram, by the way, of the OG studio. Uh, people were very upset by the amount of UK stuff in there. And you I'm did like, a video in there? I just took a quick video. I was like, we're doing the show from the OG studio oh, today. People have been murdered here. And <laughs> Will we be next? Well, yeah. <laughs> Could it be me? People were very upset by all the UK memorabilia. Well, and I was like, we, there's a UK show that they're the only ones that like really like do the studio that have been doing this for years. Like, yeah. Of course, they had, there's a, a decent amount of blue in there. I mean, there is some Louisville in there, too, as well. There's, you know, the, there's obviously, I think... Well, there's the newspaper from the championship game, and yeah, but that's not in like the actual studio. That's yeah, it is. It's, uh, I was thinking of like the the Dugan frames that he has out like right outside the studio. Oh, he's got that. every he's got all three of like the newspaper articles framed next to it. Oh, house. okay, yeah, that oh, I was thinking. Next, okay, I was yeah. I mean, there's some little, yes, there is probably lacking little stuff because yeah, I mean, point is, is that you're right. You, as you said, there's a UK show in there, and it's pretty much the only show. And there's an IU show, but Denison doesn't care about memorabilia. Outside of the actual studio, though, in that building, it's far more Louisville gear. You should, you should show my stuff. office, which is nothing but old school NBA stuff. The fact that you have an office there is hilarious. I know, but it, it's, it's fact, awesome, and it looks like a teenager's room from like 1994. It does. I mean, it's, it's all the style. Remember, it was at Sky uh, Starline, the Starline posters. Who, who, what kid in the 90s didn't know Starline posters? I had a few. Oh yeah, I've, I mean that's when I've got so I've got so many of them I couldn't even hang them all up. My favorite, like. Of the just the weird player ones I found was an Eddie Jones Hornets one. <laughs> like what? Why did I? Where and why did I buy an Eddie Jones Hornets Starline poster? So <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> you mentioned you watched Stars Flames last night. I, I caught the end of it too. Got the overtime. I mean, overtime show. game seven hockey is who needs drugs when you can watch overtime game seven hockey? Well, it's, I mean, they work together even better. I mean, it's like peanut butter and chocolate to me. It's like being on drugs and flying a. Like driving a car out of a helicopter. It, it's it, it's just pure adrenaline. It's fantastic. It's it's incredible. And both Game 7s last night were, like, the scenes were awesome. Like, the Rangers, when they scored. That one I forgot to go back and watch. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, the place is going bonkers. It's going nuts. It was fantastic. And then the Flames, which the Flames crowd, I was kind of always kind of surprised. Every time I turned tuned in, it felt like it was a morgue until they finally scored, and then it would go up, you know, Relatively nuts, but I like the shots of all the Flames fans outside the arena. I thought that was cool. But both those Game 7s were awesome. But did you watch any of the basketball? Yeah, I was going to say we had four Game 7s, two in hockey, two in basketball, and hockey by far had was the winner, right? Totally. I mean, Although the, the storyline's probably more from, from basketball. Well, we also know the storyline's better in basketball than we do in hockey, too, as well. But, I mean, I, mean, I think bigger storylines emerged from the, the Game 7s in basketball. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, but I did watch both games. Uh, the Celtics game was great if it wasn't for the just putrid officiating. It's awful. I mean, it just could not make up their minds. And I, I is it fair to say I'm one that usually defends referees? 
I like, guess fair. I mean, I I am more often than not defending them, but man, I mean, just just the, the charge calls, the, the the falling for flopping, the it was just, I mean, the flagrant when they called it on uh, on Tatum when it was a, just a textbook and one because Connington got to put his head in his in his space and he got hit in the, by his arm going up for the shot. I mean, it's just. It was bad. I mean, it was it was real bad, and luckily it wasn't didn't matter in the Phoenix game because that game was just, just yeah blowout. No, the, the officiating in the Boston one it was definitely one of those where, as it was happening, you have this sense of they're ruining what felt like it was going to be like a fantastic finish it and a could fantastic, be a good game. Like yeah. this could have been a really really good game, a really fun game up to this point, and it had been a great series up to that point too, and it just kind of got spoiled there. The I think the Suns Mavs. My is, buddy was at that game, by the way. Was he really? Yeah, he, he said. Wait, he which t- one? The Suns and Mavs game. He lives in Phoenix. Damn. He didn't even think he was going to get to go. He was like, "I've got tickets for Game Seven, but they're going to clinch in Game Six, so I don't really, I'm not worried." Well, so he's to blame. And then he came, and he gets to goes, "Well, I got to go to Game Seven. It sucked." <laughs> I think that's the one that now has developed the bigger storylines because you've got Chris Paul doing nothing, which I love. Because Chris Paul's a phony. Yeah, I mean, we just, I like Total Chris fraud. Okay. Complete fraud. Yeah. No, I think Devin Booker might be more of a fraud. Devin Booker but... does not like the bright lights. Oh, no. He's thought... all chesty and all fun and games when his team's winning and he's playing well. But then Luka Doncic looks at him in the face and smiles one time, and he just wants to go in a ball and cry like he's playing against Sam Decker and, you know, the Wisconsin team. He went, from to, he went to Monty Williams and was like, Coach, can you put Ulyss in? He's yeah. like, we don't even have a Ulyss. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> you got it backwards. They wanted Ulyss and Booker. It was they, the, the, they uh, got the Harrison the twins, Harrison twins yeah. in there. He put Andrew in. Who? Put some twin in there. <laughs> Well, they have Marquis Morris, probably, don't they? But him in. He's somewhere. <laughs> He's somewhere, yeah. I mean, one of the like people who follow the NBA way more than I do like are all saying, I'm not sure that was the most improbable first half in the history of the NBA playoffs, but it's got to be up there. Just because you know, the Suns had been, the Suns are playing at home. They're the favorite team. It's been a competitive series. You're assuming it's going to be a competitive game seven, and just total no shows. Luka Doncic has as many points as the Suns do at the half, and it's over. Like after the first quarter, it was basically over. I don't want to say I, I didn't. I kind of wanted you this going to Game Six. I told you this is a Suns team that plays far too down to their competition, and they're not really great in the spotlight. And I kind of caught it last year when I thought this was a team that was better in Milwaukee and got beat in the finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you can say what you want about Milwaukee. I mean, I'm saying they suck, but. I think Phoenix is when on paper they are a more talented team, and when it comes to the NBA, talent is what is to prevail. That's why everything's a seven game series because they don't want upsets. They don't want Cinderellas in the NBA. That's great for college. The NBA wants stars. They want markets. They want the most talented team to end up being in the finals and farther in the playoffs because that's what sells ratings, which is understandable. Well, yeah, I mean, and now in the NFL you don't need to bother with it. In college you don't need to have bother with that. Their ratings are going to move regardless. In the NBA, you need it. And no, I'm not saying anything against Dallas, and, not, and that they're not going to move the needle with with Donkic, Donkic and uh, and and their and their crowd. But I mean, Phoenix is the more talented team. They, I mean, they from top to bottom on paper, they are a better, more talented team, and they choked. Monty Williams is an average coach at best. I think Jason Kidd doesn't get enough credit as a coach. I think coaching is the least important in NBA of all major sports, but it still has a factor. And I think he's just a better coach than Monty Williams. Not that saying a lot, and Phoenix just—I like Chris Paul. I'm one of the few, but at some point you got to look in the mirror and maybe make it a two-way mirror with Devin Booker and go, guys. Maybe less Allstate commercials, more 
manning up little testosterone shots maybe now did you see the patrick beverly stuff on patrick whatever a slap whatever yes, screamy show he was on yeah, this morning i, I mean I, I i liked it though i mean he's it's funny he's like he doesn't play any defense when well, he does steph curry but you're not gonna talk trash about him yeah but steph curry doesn't have the reputation for being a defender <laughs> that's true but like chris just, paul has a reputation for being like a great uh, on ball defender i never really thought of him at that but okay i never I mean, well your opinion aside he has a reputation I guess so. amongst a certain, I guess, media contingent. I thought contingent. it was dirty reputation more than defender. Well, he's got that, too. I don't yeah. think he has that enough because he's punching. he's been punching crotches his entire life. And <laughs> since 1989. Since, <laughs> since Julius Hodge in the early 2000s, he's been punching. You, you put your crotch around Chris Paul, you're liable rumor, to have a punch. Rumor has he kicked the doctor in the crotch when he was born. <laughs> There's something to be said. <laughs> For the reputation. like, And I, I like that Patrick Beverly came out there and was basically like, you guys just give him this like clean bill of health all the time. Just let him get away with all this stuff. And the fact of the matter is not many people in the NBA respect him. Now, is he doing Who's it a little we? bit? I mean, he's this reputation you're describing is not a secret. I mean. Well, he's talking about the, the media. Oh, well. I mean, I think Chris, I mean, Chris Paul's always in endorsements. He always had, like, look at all the people who were like, I want Chris Paul to win a title. I want it so bad. Like, every time there was a game, it's all I saw on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't. I, I did. I was rooting for him. Except, see? There you go. But I mean, I I also know. Well, what, you also like crotch punches. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm not like I'm not like my ostrich and with my head in the sand to what he is. I mean, he's the last of kind of '90s basketball left in in, in a 2020 era. I mean, even though I know he was not that old, but he's getting there. I mean, he's kind of the an old school player a little bit in that way, and you know, I embrace that. Okay, well, whatever. But he's kind of he's also a choker. <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of been. I mean, you, you don't, I don't know about high school, but you can go back to Wake Forest in the second round against Wake for, uh, West Virginia to point that out. Lost to Cleveland State. What his as a, in a two or Wright State? I think in a two fifteen game his senior year. Was it, I know he lost as a two in the second round to, to West Virginia in 05. He did, and then they lost again. I think it was his another year where they lost as a two again in the first round. I mean, he was only there two. Or years. Second was round. he two? I think he left as a sophomore, didn't he? At Wake Forest. You might be, I might be thinking of a different team. But either way, yeah. I mean, Wake Forest. Well, Wake Forest did choke a lot in, 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 through a nice little span, but. Yeah. I mean, he's just, yeah, him and Booker not, and we all know DeAndre Ayton. I mean, God knows I, I picked that Arizona team to go like the lead eight that year, and they got beaten the first round because DeAndre Ayton couldn't show up in a tournament game against Buffalo. Hey, man, Nate Oates. I mean, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Buffalo team lost to Kentucky. We ended up losing to Kansas State. <laughs> uh, Thornton's text line, Texture says, do not talk about Booker. Pain developed him. <laughs> no, Payne developed Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who lost the first round. But we'll, Have you not heard the phrase we'll, big man whisper? Is that aside? <laughs> Texture says, do you think with Coach Payne coming from the NBA, he's looking for overall 6'3", 6'9", players who can defend and play their role, similar to how the Celtics and Mavs play, rather than looking for a point guard? He's definitely been going after bigger guards, but it's not like we've completely ignored some smaller guards. Well, the NBA doesn't go for size anymore. They just want to know if you can shoot the ball. Yeah, I mean, you have you never noticed every possession is one guy in one corner, one guy in the other corner, one guy on the elbow, and then you put either one on one with your best player, or you go in a two, two a pick and roll situation with best player and spread everyone out. It's pretty much every play in the NBA back and forth for every team. He definitely though has been targeting big guards to answer the the, the question. I don't know if that's part of the NBA mindset or if that's just how he wants to play. But he's, it seems like he prefers it. But, you know, we've also, I mean, we've reached out to a couple of, like, 6'1 guards, 6'2 guards. I, I think at this point, at least for this first roster, he's kind of just looking for the best available talent. Which is what he should do. Exactly. Get as much talent as you can, throw it against the wall and see what sticks. For sure. Um, Texas Rondo told CP3 in the 2009 season that he'd never win a ring, and he's right. 
I do. I love Rondo for a CB3 hatred. <laughs> why does Rondo hate CB3, I wonder? Because. Did he get burned by him one time? Because Rondo's a real dude and Chris Paul's completely fake. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. I would. I mean, I don't, I don't hate Rondo, but I don't know if I'd say real. See, I don't love Rondo, but I think he's, he's kind of a tool I, sometimes. But. I think he's pretty straightforward. I think he is who he is. I think he's a, a genuine. I think he's a genuine artifact, and I don't think Chris Paul is. I like him as a player. That's where I stand. He's one. I think he might be the only UK player I w- would ever consider using on uh, on two K. <laughs> That's high praise. High praise. <laughs> uh, Texture says, the. Oh, I love this. The apartment building that Julia Roberts live, lives in at the end of the movie is the same building that Kramer lives in when he moves to California. Is it really? Apparently. Huh. Who would have thought? I always wondered, like, also, like, she lives, like, it's got to be, like, this, like, not great part of, like, Hollywood Boulevard. And she's just, like, going out. She leaves her window unlocked constantly. Like <laughs> to avoid paying rent and like yeah like I mean <laughs> the girl likes fairy tales. What do you want to say? Uh, we've got Kenny Payne has talked with Eric Crawford. There's a teaser clip out there. I want to play that and react to it coming up in the second hour. Um, interested to hear what he has to say in the rest of the interview. But the the one clip that we have, I think, is pretty interesting, and we can talk about that uh, coming up after the break. And we'll do just that. Keep it locked here. Hour number two is on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Monday here on 1450 The Big X. Number two, Mike Rutherford show, middle of May here on 1450 The Big X. All over the place in the first hour, per usual. Get used I to think it. we covered a lot. We did cover a lot. We it's, just we, 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 we discovered that Julia Roberts had no idea how money works in, 19, in 1989. Which was the big thing. <laughs> that still bugs me. It was like irritating me a little it bit. It clearly does. And then we, we, we talked about the Reds. Talked about the Reds, making history for all the wrong reasons yet again. We talked a little NBA, a little NHL. Yeah, a little bats. Little, little we, haven't ta- we have not talked bats. I meant the Cardinal 9, I'm sorry. Uh, we talked about the Cardinal baseball team. Uh, dropping the series against Virginia Tech, but still looking okay, big picture. Uh, we did not mention the fact that Joey Votto played two games for the Louisville Bats over the weekend. Oh, we did? I didn't notice that. How did you not? He let off. It, pictures was everywhere. He had to wear a, oh, was it Doctor Strange? It was like superhero night. It was just, I wonder if anybody, I wonder if Greg Galliott secretly was like, Damn it. <laughs> like, like the first game we get Joey Votto here, we can't get him in a normal Bats uniform. We've planned this promotion for, for like months now. So he has to wear this very strange looking, but cool, Doctor Strange uh, uniform. I mean, and so all the pictures of him, at least in, from that game, are him wearing this bizarre, like, alternative uniform. I could see Craig, like, Joey, we're sorry. There's a time he's like, dude, I've been with the Reds, for the circus that is the Reds for the last, like, decade. This is nothing. Like, my whole life is Doctor Strange. But yeah. he, uh, he also, Never he, saw that movie. he ended up autographing the uniform and they're going to sell it for charity, which is cool. Awesome. I, 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 did they ask him how he, how much he's looking forward to returning home to Toronto once the trade happens? They did, and I wish they had. I wish they'd do it right now because Toronto's lost like six out of seven. We're, it's not been good, man. So that was fun. That was that was the big bats news over the weekend. He, I think he reached base all three times on Saturday. Of course he should. He should, right? RBI hit. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. 
single and then walk twice. I mean, you don't have too many National League MVPs. Two two time MVP, right? Or one time? One time MVP. One time. One time MVP uh, playing in the AAA. No, he's the man. He's the man. Let's talk about uh, Kenny Payne sat down with WDRB's crew. I thought it was just Eric Crawford, but I see the video now, and Rick Bowes just nodding enthusiastically in the, in the background, which is lovely. Were we not involved in the getting this interview? Clearly not. He's been going on. He's been doing the junket. Kenny Payne's been all over the place the last few days. I mean, it bypassing us for 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 Eric. I'm I'm okay with that one, and Rick even. I know what you're mad about. But when Packer you start going on Packer and Durham, Packer and Durham, and you don't answer our calls, look, he's got to be. Not that I've called. I was going to say, first of all, nobody's called. You've, you haven't called anybody since the show started. I kept trying to call, but I don't know whose number I'm getting. I tried 001-002. Yeah, I'm get, eventually, Kenny, I'm getting to you, buddy. So I'm curious to hear the entire interview, but I thought the clip that they put out already was was interesting. Which this was is new to me. Yeah, he's asked about basically when you were talking to the players from last year's team. And trying to talk to them about whether they should stay, whether they should go to a different program, or whether they should move on to the professional ranks, like whatever. What was your message? And here's what Kenny Payne had to say. I need you to heal. In order to trust what I'm doing, you have to heal. You have to be open. Sometimes we take for granted that these young kids can just automatically flip a switch and you they're going to trust what we're saying. Those days are over. So I wanted them to talk to their parents about how they felt, what they liked, what they didn't like, and then I followed that up with, tell me as a mother, father, what do you want for your kids? Did you know that he was feeling this way? And for the most part, they said somewhat, but not to that extent. Then, okay, I need you guys to continue to have conversations about what he's experienced since he's been in college, both good and bad. And then how do we heal? Because I'm asking you to do something that it's going to be pretty hard to do. To train every day, to love your teammates, to to play together on both ends of the court. To have these big dreams, but know that these dreams can only happen if we win, which is another skill. Um, So, you know, just putting that together and getting them to feel comfortable with trusting me, um, that was first for me. First thought is it reminds me of a lot of the message that we heard from Charlie Strong when he first got here after Steve Craigthorpe, which is kind of the last like total failed administration that we had in either one of the, the big sports at UofL, men's basketball or football, where he mentioned we got to figure out how to win mentally. Like you, when you've lost for so long and you've lost at a place that isn't used to losing, at least the way that we were losing under Steve Crackthorpe at that time with the football program and certainly men's basketball, you know, seasons under 500 are not the norm at Louisville. They're extreme, extremely rare. And they have long-term effects, I think, to your, your psyche. You essentially have to rewire yourself. And that's part of what Kenny Payne's talking about right, right there. You're going to have to, like, like all of this that you've went through for the last year, being a part of a team that lost his head coach at the beginning of the season, got him back, and then like parted ways with him in the middle of the year, and then all the stuff that you read about yourself, all the stuff that you heard about yourself, all the stuff that you heard about not living up to the expectation of being a Louisville basketball player, you've got to somehow now find a way to replace all of that with a positivity and a commitment to this new era. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially when I think some of these guys – 
haven't experienced what it should be like to be a Louisville basketball player or what it should be like to be a successful high-level college basketball player. I mean, you've got the two guys that we're talking about as the the biggest positive returnees from last year's team are JUCO transfers. Like, L. Ellis has never experienced what it's like to be a top 25 college basketball team at the D1 level. Same for Sidney Curry. I know these are guys that were recruited by big-time programs, but they still have not had that mindset. They don't have that built-in confidence boost. And J.J. Trainer, same way. Nobody who's returning from last year's team has felt that. And a lot of the guys that we're going to be bringing in, I think, are going to be in that same boat. So I love what he has to say. I, I, I loved that he told his parents, you know, listen to your kids, like really listen to what they're saying, listen to how they're feeling, come to the best decision possible for you. But if you are going to stay here, it's going to take a complete commitment. And the biggest thing that we need, and this does kind of echo some of the things that I think people respect about what John Calipari was able to do at Kentucky, at least when he was good in the first part of his, his tenure, placing team above self and realizing that doing in doing so, you're actually elevating yourself. I mean, how many times do we hear that Anthony Davis stat? Like, you know, he's the number one pick, player of the year. He took the fourth most teams the shots on the team or whatever. Like, all of that, we rolled our eyes at it, but it's true. The best thing that you can do for yourself individually in your basketball future is for your team to win. Nobody cares about you if you're putting up 20 points on a Louisville team that's that's 12 and 21. If you're putting up solid stats on a Louisville team that's a top three seed in the NCAA tournament that plays deep into the NCAA tournament, you're going to have more eyeballs on you. We've seen that we see that play out even in this day and age when there are more scouting, more metrics, more analytics, more everything. We still see it play out year after year after year where there are one or two guys who play on a team that go deep into the NCAA tournament, whether it's a surprise or not, who get more of a shot at the next level or more of a look at the next level than they would have otherwise. And that's, I think that's a big part of what Kenny Payne now is trying to preach to his new roster. Um, on a couple of things we said, one, I think lack of confidence, regardless of how the season went last year, is not what, what Sydney and L. Ellis. I think they, they don't lack the confidence. I think they're okay on confidence levels. Second, I agree, yes, they have not yet got to – witness what it's like at a full season of L. But I think when you look back at the Duke and UNC games, I think that's kind of a glimpse of what, a, a taste of what it's like to play at Louisville in a small way. I mean, the, how pumped that crap, that little young center was just, sure. I mean, it felt like a, a real Louisville game, those two games, even though they were losses. Uh, the third thing is I need to go listen to this without the visual because the entire time I could not take my eyes off Rick Bose. I let's do it there without saying it. Just, I actually yeah, got yeah. more of the message that time. The first time I watched it, I was right there with I'm you. I'm like watching just – it's like when I watch a good wrestling promo. And like one of the things – like you, most people want to like listen to the lyric, what the, you know, the person talking on the mic is. I like to look at the people behind them, the facial expressions they make. Uh-huh. I do the same when I watch like TV shows and movies. I like looking at the actors around them kind of – to see what kind of you know expressions they're doing, whether they're breaking characters slightly. I have or not. the same problem. And like this entire time I'm watching, he's talking. I swear I heard like five words because I'm just watching Rick just going. Mm-hmm. He's very enthusiastic. He's so he's even into with, it. Like I don't. They never show Eric really. Like I don't know where Eric where Eric is because even they even do a close up of Rick. Like it was like with the pin and it's holding up the pin and doing. Mm-hmm. And he does the eye roll. It's a very like Gumbel esque interview. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the very end, I go, oh, yeah, I was supposed to listen to what Kenny had to say. <laughs> I, need to, I need to go back and do it again. This was not cool. Not we'll, cool doing the video. <laughs> we'll, we'll do take two during the break. Yeah. But the, the blindfold me. The thing about like, what I remember about Charlie Strong's message, because remember year one, he comes in, he takes over a program that hasn't won in a while. 
And they win at a, a decent level. They go six and six in, in an average Big East. They win the Beefo Braves Bowl over Southern Miss. Uh, had Kenny done third person like Charlie did in his first opener, that would have been awesome. Would have been a little bit better. But Charlie had me okay. one right there when he did that. But <laughs> strong, you know, after that, you know, they go seven and six. They were picked to finish last in the conference. So it was a an overachieving season. Yeah. But midway through his second year, where he's got these this, this mix of guys that have been in the program that still had experienced the Craigthorpe era, and then young talent that Charlie had brought in himself, you know, they lost a couple of close games. They win that game against UK. You feel like they're over the hump. They turn right around and lose to Marshall. They'd lost to FIU earlier in the year. And when they were two and four, he has this big spiel about how like they just don't know how to win because they haven't done it. And once you, he says they have to have that game where they just get over the hump, where it looks like they're going to lose, it looks like everything's going to go wrong, and they just make the plays you have to make to pull out a win that didn't seem like it was going to happen. And once they do that, once they get over that mental hurdle, we can take the next next step forward as a program. And it happened in that game, I think it was a Friday night game against Rutgers. Ugly game. Um, Anthony Connor was hurt so badly that was the, the the lasting image of that game but Louisville finds a way to claw out a victory against a scrappy not great but good Rutgers team and from that point forward you know they end up really they, they damn near won the Big East that year they end up going seven and five in the regular season um I think their only loss the rest of the way was to Pitt who just had our number for whatever reason back in those days kind of still does and Strong says he kept the next two years when Louisville was winning double-digit games and you know flirting with going undefeated both times, he says that was the moment. Like like they had to just be able to have that time to get that confidence to to remember that they are part of a winning program. Like until it happens, you like do this this sort of self-negativity talk where you just kind of expect things to go wrong. And my concern with Louisville football right now, to draw that parallel, is we're kind of getting to that place. You know, all the talk about, well, you know, they're just a play here, there, play there from winning four or five more games. We've kind of talked about that the last two years. Mm. If it happens again this year, like, it's not a, a fluky thing. It's not a, well, it's a weird statistical outlier. Eventually, it's going to, this is going to correct itself and you're going to start winning these types of games. It becomes who you are. It becomes a thing that gets into your mind. And you know, I know we're having a basketball discussion, but the football team has to find that same thing. I think right now that they found in Charlie Strong's second year, if they want to start winning these close games, you know what? What also help is winning, you know, games by more than like three or four points. Like let's let's try to win some games against quality opponents by like twenty. No, and, and, and to kind of swing it around back to basketball, sure. and, and, I, and I'm assuming with but somewhere between Rick's head nods, Kenny was pointing out that in layman's terms, yes, you have to build a culture. You have to, you have to, you have to show the kids that winning is, 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 is part of, you know, every day, like waking up and putting your shoes on. I mean, it's just, it's, it is going to come that way. And, and, and unfortunately, despite the fact, I don't think you, like I said, I don't think Ellison and are lacking confidence and they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. They are lacking maybe seeing what it's like to, to, the, to win at Louisville. But you know what he's saying? Yeah, there's a difference in not lacking confidence in your individual ability and also not having the like the the mental strength to just think, my team is going to win this game. Because, you know, Sidney Curry put up great numbers down the stretch. I think you and I were talking about it a couple weeks ago Most, where it's like, yeah, he had 28 points in a game against Wake Forest where we were down like 30 to 4. Yeah, I mean, and, his, his like six good games, five of them were in games that had no bearing on what he did. Which is good. Like, like we need guys that, can get buckets certainly and he showed that ability down the stretch last year but there's a big difference between having 
a faith in your ability to score against some of the best teams in the ACC and having a faith in your team's ability to beat the other best teams in the ACC. And I think that right now, you know, maybe there's a little bit of confidence that L. Ellis and, and, and Sidney Curry can take away from the fact that they probably should have beaten North Carolina at least once last year. Wouldn't and that I, North Carolina team ended up going to the national title game. But they didn't win those games. The game Ellis, he, we won one of the games he blew up in, right? Was it North Carolina the ones? One of the ones we did lose, but he had the he really played good. well against USC. He played really well against Virginia too when we lost. I don't. I was thinking when one of the games he had like in his in high twenties. I mean, maybe played. the the NCAA tournament, the ACC tournament game against Georgia Tech. I guess I'm just he trying, played well in that game. Yeah, I'm just praying for it. Now maybe which one it was he played. I was thinking he played well in a win, but I could be Curry. I know. I mean, I'm not saying he played poorly in wins, but his yeah, as we we pointed out, I mean, it's not I mean a secret. His best games were games that were not affected by anyone's individual stats. Well, there's a reason for that cuz like pretty much all of our games were games that were well, that were bad. I mean, there was, <laughs> yeah. But he he played in the Georgia Tech game that we won in the ACC tournament. He had uh, 12 and 6, which was a solid game. 5 and that 5 be, for 9 from the field. That being Curry, I assume. Yes, yeah, didn't he? Okay. Yeah. He didn't really have it like all of his monster games pretty much came in losses. He played well in the the win over Boston College. Again, you look at this though. Well, the like, no, yeah, the North Carolina game uh, Ellis had 25. Yeah, but we we lost. I know. Well, I, I knew. I didn't. But at least we were in the we were in the game. No, he was great in that game. Yeah, we it wasn't it wasn't like big points in a blowout. Like, you know, he had twenty two in the Michigan State game, but it was really didn't matter. Which it's kind of unfair to be talking like this because we're talking like you know the games that Sidney Curry played well, and you forget he didn't really start playing at all until the the second half of the season. Yeah, and we won three games after January twelfth or whatever it was. So not a whole lot of opportunities to play well in a victory for really either Sidney Curry or L else down the stretch. But L L was a guy who and I got what Chris Mack was saying after these games. Like he would turn it on. Like he he single handedly got us back in the game against Michigan State and then really did the same thing in that first North Carolina game. Like his stretch of individual excellence was what put us in a position to win. And Mack would kind of say afterwards, like it's great that he's doing this. But we need to see him play with this same level of confidence when there's something to lose. You know, if, if he's taking these shots when we're down 16 to Michigan State in the second half and he misses them, nobody cares. Like, like he's just trying yeah. to get us back. But he's getting hot and he's getting all the credit for that. We need to see him play at an efficient level when it's a back-and-forth game. And he kind of did that a little bit down the stretch well, in the would, games against Duke and UNC. Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. Both those games, yeah. Even the... Uh how bad did we lose to Miami game? I can't remember. He had a good game in that game. We didn't get blown out in that one, did we? Yeah, we no, lost by seven. It was. I think that was one of the the game yeah. that felt like it was. We'd seen twelve times by that point where we're down big oh, early. Yeah. We make a run. We get right back in contention and then do something really yeah, stupid and lose by, by like seven. Half, yeah, I remember. I feel like we lost all those games by seven. Like every, <laughs> in my mind, every single game we played that wasn't a total blowout played out that exact way. Uh, yeah. Got down, got back in it, looked like we made a t- have a chance to win, did something stupid, lost by seven. Hey, my DraftKings my account can confirm that. God. Uh, <laughs> but that was – by the way, I, I'm also – people. the text line has let me know. I, I, I made a – What did I screw up? No, me. Oh, good. Awful time for me to put my neck out for Rajon Rondo and saying, like, well, at least he calls it like his story just broke from his uh, the mother of his two children saying he pulled a gun on her last week and now she's trying to get a restraining order. So <laughs> – <laughs> Once again, timing not really my thing. I mean, he speaks his mind. <laughs> Tells it like it is. He doesn't hold back. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that was unfortunate for me, personally. I mean, it doesn't mean you're wrong still. Uh, <laughs> text on the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. Yeah, crotch says, punching seems a lot nicer now, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, now it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Text says, I think it's time for Scott and Kenny to give Trevor Kelsey a call. If we want to get back to our winning ways, Trevor needs to be more involved. Do you want to be involved in the staff? Yeah. 
I'm I'm down for that. Reach out, director yeah. of player development. I mean, I can't like move up and down the court per se, but I mean, like you put me on like put me on the low block with even even giving up height and weight to uh, Curry. I can I'll, I'll I'll make him work for it. You do have experience coaching as, as well as you've mentioned several yes. times. All star. I, I I've I've won many of all star games at St. Matthews basketball as well as regular season. Pretty much the same thing. Never won a title though. Lost okay. I lost the championship game once. Uh, Texas. Says, Thanks to my phone, listening to you all every day, I get I now get these alerts, and it's an Arby's. It's it's a business insider story that says police say Arby's manager urinated in stores milkshake. Yeah, mix. I sent you this one over the weekend too. You did. So someone sent it to me. I was like, man. And it was what's even worse is that it, at first I thought it was Canadian because it's in Vancouver, but I guess it's Vancouver, Washington, which is fake Vancouver. Yeah, fake Vancouver. Uh, it's like, oh man, the Canadians. What are they doing to me now? It's bad enough with the Blue Jays. But yeah, yeah, I saw that was very disappointed because, I mean, listen, you should you shouldn't use the the deliciousness roast beef and the just yummy and tasty chicken bacon Swiss to lure young kids into a restaurant. It's just not cool, man. Well, th- this is a different story. No, it's the same. You actually didn't read the story, did you? I didn't. You sent it to me. I didn't read. The it. headline is misleading. Okay. Well, it's not misleading because it is mentioned in the article. The ninety percent of the article talks about how the manager was had. Files and files of child pornography on the computer. There. Oh, well, that should be probably be the headline. Yeah, but for some reason, I guess they feel urinating in the milkshake machine brings more clicks than it's a, it, Arby's it's, kid going, we got the meats and the 12-year-olds. I mean, it's, that's, it feels like more of a safe, gross story than Like, what do you think would bring more clicks? Arby's pedophile manager or peeing in a milkshake machine? Peeing in the milkshake. Yeah, see. It's easier to share. And, like, if you it's, actually... It goes back. You, are you ready for this? All-time radio tie-in. You ready for this? Yes. It goes back to why I feel like Louisville's such an easy target right now in college sports. Because the strippers and dorms, sexual favors and parties and squirting the ceiling and all that stuff, you know what that is? It's peeing in the milkshake. It is. It's peeing in the milkshake. The Baylor, years and years of covered up sexual assault cases and Michigan State football and what's going on there and Penn State and even the North Carolina academic stuff. You know what that is? The manager having child pornography. It's a lot easier to share and talk and link about peeing in milkshake than it is grown man with child pornography on his computer. You click on it, read the article, the peeing in the milkshake is like literally a one sentence blurb in the middle of it. That's yeah. it. It's not even mentioned again, which does make me thankful I never get the milkshakes at RP. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be. I wonder if that would leave a taste. It's got to be an aftertaste, right? Sean Moss just texted. Oh, you ready for this? No. The milkshakes bring more clicks to the yard. <laughs> This is why he's brought in when I'm out. This is why he's the best. This is why he's the best. When Manny jumped, I was going to say we meet him on Thursday and Friday. You're going to be out this week, but he's got games to do now. I know. we got Virginia series. Somebody, If you want to co-host the show this week, let me know. Thursday, hey, Friday. I wonder if he would be willing to go to the OG Studios, too. Probably not. That's the other thing. You're going to be in the – You're going to be. we might not be. Well, it's true. We're but, trying to but, figure that but out. But are you also like, – I thought you'd be excited because maybe you get to do, you'd have Douglas on the board with you. You haven't had an action show with Douglas. I'd like to do a show with Douglas. He's very, he keeps but himself, but he somebody. will open up if you let him. Okay. But I need somebody to co-host with me, and I think it's easier to tell people to come here than it is across the bridge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially if they've seen the video of what the, what it looks like. Well, yeah, that's your own fault right there. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I didn't know at the time. Um, just, just, I mean, once you get past like the homeless camp behind the studio, it's actually not so bad. Are you ready for some breaking basketball recruiting news that is pertinent to our interests? We just signed Bates, uh, no, 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 Mosley. No, no, I'm asking you not to guess. Oh. 
You didn't say not guess. You just said if I want to know. Well, now I'm asking you not to guess. Okay. Because I, I now you can make it look not as cool as, as what it actually is. Sorry. I have, that, I have a problem with that. Class of 2023 big man. Oh, 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 oh. Aaron Bradshaw. Five-star player. Cool name. Camden, New Jersey. Uh-oh. Well, high school Camden from Roselle, New Jersey. Oh, was Camden Connection. He's one of those um, Purvis Ellison boys up there. I can't. Him on, I think we need to put him on the staff. Five-star center. Number 24 overall player in the 2023 class, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. He has announced his final seven schools. Seven. I, I'm, I'm going to assume we're on it since you brought this up. Don't assume anything. Ooh. Are Maybe I'm mad eight? about this because we've reached out to him before. How, what's the measurements on this kid? Seven foot tall. Like, is he like... 210 pounds. So he's is he more kind of like a Chet Wing guy or... No, he's more of a traditional big man. Okay. But, I mean, is anybody a traditional big man? Well, I think days? Kenny likes a little bit more of the old school big man. But at 220 pounds, you might want to put on some weight to be a traditional no, he's, big man. He's going to get there. All right, all right. He's a fantastic player. We love him. He averaged uh, in the EYBL 14 points, 7.5 rebounds, 4.3 blocks. Nice. Shot 70% from the field. Nice. John Calipari loves him. Wants him bad. Oh, good. He's a teammate of DJ Wagner. Uh, and future teammate DJ Wagner, I assume. His final seven schools. Kentucky. Boo. Oklahoma State. Boo. Michigan. Boo. UCLA. Boo. Maryland. <laughs> Boo. And? Drum roll, please. York Fighting Cardinals of the University of Yes! Georgia. So there it is. Down to seven schools. In reverse order by importance. In reverse order by importance. Um, uh, another big piece, potentially, of this 2023 class that we hope is a big deal. I- I'm reading the on three story. They list him at 7-1. So he- he- he's still growing. Still growing. It's a joke. I'm, 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 I'm anywhere between 6'3 and 6'8, depending which gas station I'm walking out of. <laughs> he's still still getting bigger. Uh, he's also received offers, apparently, from LSU, Seton Hall, Kansas State, and many, many others. Well, I'm sure he's getting offers, yeah. Actually, I love this. Well, I love the story. They list his top seven, and they list, and they're like, he's also getting offers from LSU, Oklahoma State, who's in the top seven. <laughs> they list Oklahoma State in the first two paragraphs. Like, just going, like, I don't know. We'll see. I want to clarify that he's not only interested, he's getting an offer from him. He's the uh, he's the number two center in the class, according to the 24-7 sports composite. So, we're, we were, we're, so what I, all I heard from you in the last like few minutes, because like you were talking, but I was like picturing you know Rick's head nod, sure. was so. that uh, we, we now have the number one player and number one guard and number two center in the class of 2023 coming to Louisville? Hopefully. We'll see. Or he's going to go to Kentucky. boards lock it down. He was – by the way, he's going to be a part – we mentioned on Friday's show the game 11 days from now, week from Friday, the Reed Shepard versus DJ Wagner is kind of yeah. how it's being billed. He's on that that NJ Scholars team, Aaron Ooh. Bradshaw. So if you want to see him again, show out. He's going to be there at Valley High School 7 o'clock next Friday. He was asked recently about – you know, I think it's understandable when you've got two top 20 kids who play on the same team – from the same area, good friends. Like, are you guys a package deal? Do you want to play with DJ Wagner in college? And here's his exact quote was, I would like to play with him, but we don't know where we're going to go, but I'd love to play with him. We have our own decisions, but that's my brother. He's just a great person. So translation, probably going to play with him. 2020 champion Louisville Cardinals. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Bradshaw on the wing. So that's good news, I think. I like that mix of teams that are in there too. I don't feel like – I mean, there's no, like, big man dominant school. Like, like Gonzaga would, would worry me if he got in there. Cause Gonzaga, well, Kentucky has a tradition. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's kind of us. But we, took, we took their tradition with Kenny Payne, though. Exactly. Yeah, Kenny Payne, 
famously won those games. Maryland, Maryland's had some big guys in the past couple of years. Diamondstone. Yeah, that one. I, I thought he would be a lot better than he did. Boy, I would missed the boat on that one. I think that's every Maryland big man. <laughs> I thought he was going to be good. I mean, you're actually not right. Alex Lenz. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, even though they were two different players in, in more ways than one. But yeah, who else? Was, I mean, Oklahoma, Michigan. Michigan could be a worry, though. Yeah, I mean, too long. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but other than that, like, I didn't know Oklahoma State doesn't really make me pee myself any, and who else did you say? Maryland, I mean, we just discussed Maryland. Who was the other one that was in there? Um, Seton Hall or something. You said they were offering. They were offering. Yeah. He's not in the Final Seven. I mean, that could give you a little worry. UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, I'm not worried about Get UCLA. Get out of here. Yeah. UCLA, Maryland, Louisville, Kentucky, Oklahoma State, Michigan. Oh, and the seventh, if you were counting, you are like, oh, it's only six. Uh, G League is his seventh option. Oh, wow. Well, Overtime yeah. Elite. Is that right? G League Ignite. I can't keep track. I don't know. I'm not, yeah. The sad thing is... Like, Isn't I, the G League just if you can't make grades? Or if you want money. If you just want... Well, but you can get that now with nil rights. True, but probably not as much. Not, yeah, not I, guaranteed. Like the G League, yeah, I mean... Well, I don't know. You get more probably off nil than you could G League. Every time, like, I have the classic... And this is why, like, kids... Like, they know this is a thing. Like, you get more exposure in college... I think there are a lot of kids that go the G League route now or the Ignite route or the Overtime Elite route that realize it's going to hurt their draft stock because, like, I instantly see a kid on these draft boards and I'm like, I don't know who he is. He sucks. Like, like, I, like, well, I have no respect for these kids. And and then when they end up being good, like, I'm watching Jonathan Kuminga play the other night. I'm like, where the hell is this guy from? I'm like, oh yeah, he was one of the G League kids. Yeah, the G League guys. Didn't I still do, don't think their draft stack hasn't been hurt by going G League. Jalen Green was number two pick in the draft. Yeah, but a lot of people thought he should have been one at the time. And I remember he, he, he was said, number two. There's only one more slot but, to fall. Like, well, this became a story because he came out and said, like, if I'd gone to college, I without question would have been the number one pick. But I'm still good with my decision. Like, it's become kind of a thing. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, he could have been number one. He went number two. Well, I he mean, thinks he should have been number two. He got like seven, 10, 12, maybe outside the lottery. I mean, yeah. Because Kaminga went in the lottery too, did he not? I think he did, but I think he was he was another guy that people thought should have been higher, but he wasn't. It's just hard to tell. I know. Texas yeah. says, what is Trevor's Twitter handle? I can never find him when you talk about him. Well, it's hard to keep track of. It's at Trevor Kelsey. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> Not just a clever name. K-E-L-S-E-Y. Have you found... No underscores, no hyphens. I'm, I was I was original one on the boat, so I got it. I feel like I see this on the text line a lot when people try to spell your first and last name. They go with K-E-L-C-E a lot. And I wonder how much of that is just because... Travis Kelsey is more famous. Become, yeah. yeah, like a it big is. thing. Because I, I feel like 10 years ago, if I said somebody's last name was Kelsey, I wouldn't have hesitated. I would have just thought K E L S E Y. Everybody else with the same I word. would always just say, I, I think I brought this up the other day when we were talking about Frazier. I was like, I used to mention the actor. I'd be like, just like to spell like the actor, even though I guess some people would be like, who? Yeah, or I mean, Z. Yeah, I mean, I still don't know. <laughs> but I, I usually, I, I, it's become a habit of me when when people ask my name, I, I do, I'll be like Trevor T R E B. I'll spell it out as, as I say it, just out of force of habit. What's you uh, do that? Uh, well, I, with Rutherford, people mishear it all the time. Okay, they think W, and they're like W. I'm like R U T H E R. So I had to, because they tell you you're supposed to. Even if it's a normal name in like journalism, you're supposed to get the spelling right because some people will spell like, you know, I don't know, like like Frank P H R A N K. So you're supposed to just like make sure. Well, you would just I would if that was the case, I'd make Frank traditional spelling. Yeah, that's but, how I would phrase it. So one of the first things that I ever did when I was covering when I spent that summer in Iowa, co- like working sports, I covered like the amateur golf tournament. It was at the the local country club in this small town, and so like, it was really hard to figure out this like this is pre like 
internet everywhere, internet on your phone. <laughs> and they didn't have a whole lot of resources at this amateur golf tournament. So like I'm, they have like a scoreboard at the main front, but you can't keep track of who's playing where, like when you get on the course. So I'm talking to the guy who like fires, he was in like the third group on Saturday, but he shot, went way low. And I'm talking to him. I've got no idea what this guy's name is, but I know he's leading the tournament. And so I'm like, I'm like, don't they have like a, you can't see the board or you can, but like they haven't updated it. And he's back because there's still uh, oh, other okay. groups on the court. Like, again, it's a low rent operation. It's, it's, say. it's the Iowa amateur golf tournament. <laughs> there's not a whole lot going the on. Odor Eagers 500. <laughs> so I've heard somebody call him Chris and or, or for uh, Jake. Anyway, I know his first name. <laughs> he went from Chris to Frank. To Jake. I just remember it being a very easy name. <laughs> okay. And so, like, I, I know I've got that down, and I, and so I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm, so I'm like, all right, Jake, I'm like, I really appreciate your time. And by the way, like, real quickly, how do you spell your last name? And he's like, well, it's pretty straightforward, uh, S M I T H. And I was like, oh my lord, I was like, I was like the worst possible answer. I was like, any other last name would have been better in this situation. He was like, he's like Frank Smith. I got it. I'm like, well, probably. Gave away completely that I have no idea what your name Former is. Former number one pick, Joe Smith of Maryland. Another big man. Maybe the easiest name of all time. Vitale. Big man. What did he say? Uh, what was this? He would describe him the as the man a, with the uh, ordinary game, unordinary. Ordinary uh, game. Or, ordinary name, unordinary game. Yeah. yeah that's brilliant. What it was. Uh, second break. When we come back, we'll dive into the Thornton Sacks line 502 414 1450. If you've got thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, <laughs> let them fly now. We'll take those after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Monday here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. City of Angels this weekend? No, but I think is this an example of a, a, mo- a song off a soundtrack that was more popular than the movie itself? Yes. Like this song was very popular, and the movie was. Do you remember the thing? I mean, ho hum at best. Do right? you remember the music video? I'm watching it. He's like, where he's like looking through the microscope, and then it scenes from the movies every time. Yeah, he, like, I'm, I'm looking it. at it right now. It's, uh, what's his name? Is it something Resnick? I forget his name. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny Resnick. Is that, he yeah. played at the uh, derby party we went to a few years ago. It was actually pretty good. I remember his name because my mom always had like a big crush on him. It was just so when you look back to it, and maybe it'd be different <laughs> if music videos were more relevant now. It was so sh- like these music videos back in the day for songs that were made for soundtracks. Oh man, like, some were just not. If the music video was three minutes long, like a minute and fifty of it was just clips from the actual movie. The worst has to be, and this should have been a warning because I actually paid to go see this movie. Was the U um, two song for the Batman movie? Well, it was like it was like hush, shut up. Oh yeah, snap. like if you actually go back and watch the video, it's literally the entire movie in chronological order. Like it starts like it, it like just shows you clips of the whole movie all the way to the end. There were a lot like that, and it's like now in hindsight, I look back and go, "Man, that should have been a warning of like this movie's gonna suck." But yet, I still went and saw that movie. I mean, man, it, it sucked. Don't get me wrong. It's the one with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and and Jim Carrey's the joke. It's not Red good. Alert. That was horrible. But yeah, I do miss the. I remember this one vividly because the movie came out when I was at the video store. We had the big poster of it mm-hmm. and everything. But the movie was a flop. Say it was not good. And the, the music song was number one, though. The fact that the music video for I Believe I Can Fly 
features heavily <laughs> clips of cartoon characters playing a basketball game. Like, if that song were released today, or if a kid today, a 12-year-old, heard that song. Well, anything with R. Kelly. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, that, you know put, put that aside. But just yeah. think about the song itself. If that song, if you played that for, like, a 15-year-old today, and you imagine, you told them, imagine the music video for this, and then you showed them what the actual music video was, <laughs> I'd have to assume their mind would be blown. Because it makes no sense in modern times for that to be like 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 it, it's a very like emotional uplifting song and there's like you know Buster Bunny playing basketball <laughs> playing basketball Bugs Bunny I'm I'm do it we don't we don't do enough like songs made particularly for soundtracks anymore well no like that doesn't like it was it was huge in the 80s it faded a little bit in the 90s we have some in the 2000s just, we named two examples right now in Goo Goo Dolls and this but. And in the past, we we brought up you know the Green Day song off Angus, mm-hmm. the Jar song. But yeah, you just don't get that enough anymore. What would be the most popular song combined with the worst movie? <sighs> I mean, to me, I'll, I'm, my mind automatically goes to two seventy songs I've brought up before, which is uh, uh, Curtis Mayfield's Pusher Man or Superfly to the movie Superfly. Okay, the whole soundtrack. Um, Bobby Womack's Across One Hundred Tenth Street. Which was from the movie of the same name. Yeah, this is more your area of expertise than mine. This song would, is I, this song is a more modern version. Yeah, I would I mean, trust I'm, you. I'd, I'd like to, I mean, texture thinks the one. I'd like. I'll take some ideas. Yeah, let us know. Uh, we have to give a shout out to how about our guy Jair Alexander? Uh, oh I'm yeah. I'm assuming you've seen this news. Get paid, baby. Jair, after basically almost an entire year away from the Packers last season, uh, is finalizing a four-year, eighty-four million dollar contract extension. The deal is going to pay him thirty-one million dollars in 2022, which is a record for a defensive back. He Until obviously somebody signs a new one next year, <laughs> right? But for the moment, will yeah. be the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. Uh, he's going to receive $42.5 million by next March, which is uh, pretty amazing. Jair with uh, Rock Nation Sports, shout out to them, hopefully infiltrating Louisville relatively soon. Is this deserved in your estimation, Trevor yeah, Kelsey? He's top, without doubt, a top five corner in the NFL. I mean, right, we saw you know, uh, the Browns give Denzel Ward a, a huge extension recently, who's also very damn good. And Jair's is right there with him. So, yeah, there's no reason why he shouldn't be one of the top paid corners now. I joked, but I'm being somewhat serious. That will probably last maybe a year or two. I mean, probably. that's how it happens. But because I'm, I don't know what corners are maybe going to be free agents, but in the next year or two, out of the last couple of drafts, but I'm sure there is one out there. I guess you know. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Packers saw life without Jair Alexander this year, and they're like, let's give this guy whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean they. I mean, well, they 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 took a buttload of corners and like two back to back drafts. Took him and the. Um, the Desmond King the second, I think, or Kevin King the second was the other corner they took like in the second round. He's been released since. I think he's with the Texans now. Because they had one other guy who played well last year. I feel like at corner, I, remember, I just remember them the, talking they about had the guy they picked up as a free agent. I thought, wasn't it? And um, he played well. Yeah, it was Russell Douglas who had been cut by the Eagles. You're right. Because everybody was like, when we get Jair back, like yeah. these two, like two of the best corners. Well, I, I listen as an Eagles fan. I know Russell Douglas very well. I mean, he's the a poor man's Terrell Buckley. Uh, he's the guy that's going to go for the interception probably every time. And one out of five, one out of six he'll get. And the other times he gives up touchdowns. That's how he was with Philly. He's out of West Virginia. Anyways, congrats to Jair. Yep. Awesome guy. Well deserved. Uh, we had him on the the old show right after he got drafted. He was you know very 
I think enthusiastic. He's always been a big Louisville guy. Love his relationship with Lamar Jackson. Very cool that those two guys played together at the same time, but always going to be a little bit painful to look back at the records from those years and be like, we had Jair Alexander on one side, we had Lamar Jackson on the other, and we never won 10 games in a season. Missed the game, missed a few games though in college. In his, know, last, I, his last year, he only played in, like I think, two or three games. Yeah, he, I, know, I didn't remember. And then I think it was, an, it was a little mixed injury with, I'm just going to sit out at this point. Well, that was the end because he, he, he got hurt in the Purdue game, the season opener, returning a punt. And then when he was out, the defense famously, for lack of a better term, sucked ass. And then he came back towards the end of the year. There's no better term. That was perfect. Yeah, thank you. He came back towards the end of the year, and we had, the defense actually played pretty well in, the I think, the last three games that he played in the regular season against like when we beat Virginia and Syracuse. And then the bowl game, he was like, yeah, I'm not playing, uh, which understandable. Like that's It was still kind of early when that was happening, and some fans were mad, but I think most – sort of saw it for what it was which I was didn't, I mean, I didn't. he'd been hurt early in the year he's got he's going to the draft and clearly things worked out pretty well for Jai Alexander in the end but I mean the only people I'm really concerned about playing the bowl games for me unless it's like a national championship bowl game are ones that are coming back to you next year because those are the ones I want that, that's the whole reason to be in the bowl game is to let the guys coming back get a few more plays and, and that's the way it's going to be from now on yeah, I think but if the guy's going pro then you know I'm not going to be mad at him and you shouldn't be mad at him I've got a, a new email alert here so, but this is actually this is an actual Louisville. Okay. So you saw, I don't know if you saw this weekend. We had the first player-driven basketball camp. It was Sidney Curry and JJ Trainer. They had you, with NIL now. You you know, it used to be you had to wait until you graduated before you could have like a Russ Smith, Peyton Siva basketball camp, mm-hmm. Skills Academy, whatever you want to call it. But now you can do it while you're actually playing, and, and they can profit off of that. So they did that, and it looked like it went pretty well. Good. Just got an email. We now have our first ever athlete-driven youth football camp hosted by Louisville football players, which is happening next month. If you want to have either of these players on your show, let me know. The players are linebacker Monty Montgomery or quarterback Brock Doman. Oh, no. How dare they even bother asking? Brock Doman Skills Academy. Poor, poor. This is, we poor need this, Montgomery. I'm we sorry, need this man dude. on the show. You had no chance in this whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Brock? <laughs> Monty, I, look, Monty might be my favorite defensive player. I love him. It doesn't matter. I yeah, need Brock Doman never, on the show. No, there's no competition here. Whatsoever. This show loves Brock Doman. You do. We can't get enough Brock Doman. I want to see him throw a football. Uh, Personally, we, maybe if we have Mon, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that he exists. From the first oh, he exists. It wasn't until he came in that Wake Forest game, I still thought you were making him up. He led two touchdown drives. <laughs> he did. Was Duke was I even throwing, it was a Duke game at yeah. Don't worry about Wake it. My bad. Would have been three if we kept playing at the end of the game. I mean, could you imagine what he would have, could have done to him statistically if he actually threw the ball? The mind can't process <laughs> what would have happened. So let's make that happen. But props to, to Brock and Monty for getting out there and launching that thing. Here's hoping it's a wide-ranging success. I'll go ahead. I'll put that on Car Chronicle tomorrow. I think we one of us should like sign up for one of like the camp, the basketball football camps, and do like a, do part of the show. Pretty sure that's not allowed. Think there's an age limitation. Well, that's discrimination. Well, I mean this this is like Saved by the Bell all over when they wouldn't let Screech in the in the in the in the uh, well they did in let the beauty country. I know, so maybe we should come at them with with some uh, legal. Use that law school. Use that year one year law class and go out there and be like, hey, look, you can't discriminate against Trevor just because he's forty two. He's actually sixteen in law and in, in his art. It still be too old. June twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. This is going to go down at King Louis Sports Complex. It is available for girls and boys ages seven to fourteen. 
I think they should let us like voluntarily be involved in some way. I mean, we can go and cover it as media. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be part of the skill. You want to like learn center. I want to see. I want to see if if I can if my skill set at this point in my life and in conditioning can match that of a fourteen year old. I can save you forty nine dollars and give you the answer. If you want me to. <laughs> oh, now you're looking to save money. Like, yeah. You always say I save money. I want to get the lawn guy. Oh, Come on, let, let me go out there and do it. <laughs> Maybe we can make that happen. Well, what's a football? Which one would I be better to do? Basketball or football, though? Well, I, you played basketball growing up, so I assume basketball. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> okay. I don't, know, I don't know what to do with that answer. <laughs> I don't know how that was logic. I mean, I played football a little bit, too. Not as much. The text line just, like, refreshed. <laughs> And now, like a whole bunch of texts that weren't showing up are now are, are now showing up. Why, so, why did the subway commercials pop in my head when you said that? I don't know. Refresh, refresh. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton's text line. Uh, we have KRC text. KRC text. Not a good one, but okay. Scooter wasn't quite right about the way the Reds lost the no hitter with Pitt bases uh, with Pittsburgh bases loaded and one out. Reds tried turning a double play. The runner beat the throw at first to avoid the third out and allow the run to score. But he, but so who they throw? Do they was it a second to first attempt at double yes. play? That that's your own. That's your first problem. Any anybody with a brain would tell you you throw the home. Cut first. the guy out of home. Yeah, you always throw the home first. Well, they weren't playing in though. If they're playing for the double play, you try to throw the double play. But yeah, you do it by throwing home first, not second first. Not if you're second and if your shortstop and second baseman are playing back for the double play. If you're in double play position, you're not going to gun a guy down at home. Always throw the home. Well, that's manager Trevor. Now we've got him involved in Louisville football and basketball. And now we're going to put him with the Reds. Oh, hey, well, I mean, you actually, I put you above worth, David Bell. My version would have would, wouldn't have given up the run. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I think I'm, I think I've won this argument. We have the another, second David Bell. So the, the second KRC text that came in is the exact same one that we read last Thursday with a guy who has the idea for rating the football players on the EA Sports video game Probably scale. Probably because we read it. They didn't read it on Friday, maybe. I guess, but he's, he said the exact same thing, copy and paste again today. Should I just reply to him in, in, in on text form after the show? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy's probably listening to KRC every day. Like, what was the answer to my question? Uh, Texas says, about the guards coming in and us making a big deal right now and freaking out. Yes, we should, Texas says. And frankly, the excuse that Payne keeps things quiet seems like an excuse. A massive deal was made that recruiting would turn on a dime. By the way, we heard UofL was in great shape for Hunter a few weeks back, not seeing the massive recruiting change. Well, I disagree with that. You've already, we've already seen a, a decent recruiting change. With, I mean, now it Just might being not, on the list of the five-star kids in 2023. Or, or just being the fact that we kept, we, we kept lands. We, we, we brought in Hutley Hatfield. We brought in Rees. I mean, we, there's been additions. I mean, if, if it's just still Mack here, who's to say we'd get either two of those three kids? Well, I mean, he committed to Chris Mack. Kamari Lands did. So, yeah, I said, well, that's one. That's the other three, but two of the three, we, who's to say we get two of those three? But, I mean, you know, Devin Rees, number 82 in his class. Like, that's the kind of – those are the waters that we've been swimming in. Also, he's all so, all, all respect to the kick. I think he can be a fine player. But he's also the best of what was left. Yeah, I mean, we, we tried to go after Tyrell Ward. He was number 30 in the class. He didn't come here. Uh, we tried Such to go after best. a couple of the other kids. <laughs> they didn't come here. I, I mean, I, I've said this before. I'm not going to judge the, the first Kenny Payne roster – just because, and I know Kenny Payne says the NCAA stuff's not an issue. I find that hard to believe, at least when it comes to graduate transfers. But also, with the 2022 class, almost everybody was committed. The only reason why we got Devin Ree was because LSU finally fired Will Wade. Like, that was the only reason some of these guys were even available. Is it a little bit 
concerning if we miss out on guys like Tyrese Hunter and some of the other grad transfers that we targeted? Yeah, but also like you know, it's not like they're going to nobody programs. If Hunter does go to Texas for an NIL bag, you know, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with Amani Bates. We'll see what happens now with Malachi Smith. Now, if it keeps happening, if we don't get Smith, if we somehow don't get Bates, if Bates says I'm going to DePaul or I'm going to G League for a year or whatever, and we wind up filling these last four roster spots with just kind of like, you know, who are these? Then I'll be a little bit concerned. But I think the big thing to focus on for the future of the program is how we do with this 2023 class, because that's what we've been promised. We weren't promised that we were going to go out there and immediately land all these grad transfers that were program changers. Now, some people said that was going to happen, and it hasn't yet. Again, still plenty of time there in the offseason now. But if we swing and miss with the 2023 class to a point where we're not like, you know, we're, we're top 15 good, but we're not top 10 good, then I think you start to get a little bit like, you know, this is this is not what we were told. This this was not part of the deal. We, we were told that this guy was going to bring the best of the best in here, and that was going to start this change, and it hasn't happened. But there's no indication that that's going to happen yet. Like so I'm say, not panicking. On paper, at least. I mean, we went from the three guys we were going to get with Mac were, you know, one we kept in lands. Uh-huh. The other was, you know, a, what, a two-star kid out of, like, Bahamas that no one has Frederick seen. Frederick King, yeah. And the other was, was Trey Davis, who was – I don't know where he was ranked in terms of recruitment. He's down there around 100. Okay, so and they were replaced with a kid who was a top five-star kid from a reclassified Tennessee and a kid that was going to LSU but in the 80s. I would say those are two upgrades from the classes that we were looking at originally. Yeah. and I On think, paper now, again, sure. those two could go and be studs at Creighton and Seton Hall and our guys be bums. But. And I think the bigger thing, though, is he kept Kamari Lance. Because he's exactly. He Lance, kept the one that we wanted. Too. Yeah, I mean, Lance... I, could be wrong about it. I've certainly misjudged incoming freshmen before. I think Lance is going to be a really good college player. I think he's going to help us immensely next year, like right off the bat. And being able to to keep him through a coaching change, and I'm sure Kamari Lance was following what was going on during the, the, the last 12 months and all the dysfunction, all the losing, all the negativity, and to be able to tell him, you know, even though, again, we still don't know what the NCAA situation is, We've got a vision for you. We've got a vision for the future of the program. And for him to buy into that, I think, is no small thing. So, I guess what I was trying to say is that I understand it's – and you're right. The 2023 class is one you need to keep an eye on because we are in the hunt of having such a, a super – I shouldn't use that term, I guess, with our recruits. But a great class. Dangerous word. I know. But what my point is, is that when you look at this class, yes, it's not maybe what you were expecting to get with Kenny Payne like you're looking at hopefully in the 23 class. But for, I mean, with the situation, timing, everything else, I mean, he's, I think, done as good a job in recruiting as, like, he's been like a MacGyver out there. He's he's done the best you're going to do turning, you know, a broken motor and fixing it with a paper clip and, and you know, a, a, a rubber hose. See, I, I think it's still too early to draw really any firm takes like that one way or the other. I, I think... I mean, it's about as good as you're going to do with the situation you're sitting in It within, for the first year of terms of recruitment. Yeah, maybe. Right I now. mean, I, I don't know. It's As far as, like, the actual, like, incoming freshman, yeah. Like, he was behind the eight ball there, but we knew that going in. With the grad transfer stuff, I, I think there's still a lot nice. to be seen. Like, we've got four roster spots. If we yeah, yeah. if we miss on all these guys that we've been talking about now for the last several weeks, like I said, if, if Hunter doesn't go here, which it seems like it's trending poorly now, if – Malachi Smith goes somewhere else, if Bates goes somewhere else, if we end up with a bunch of guys that we have to Google to see who they are, then I think you can be a little bit upset. But this all comes down to 
what your expectations were for year one. Like if you were expect like, and some people were putting it out there, like he's going to turn this thing around right off the bat. We're going to be a national title contender in year one. The only thing that can hold us back is if they give us a postseason ban. If that was your expectation, then yeah, maybe you're a little bit worried now. If you were more like me, and I think like you, Trev, and saying like, let's not jump the gun. If year one isn't a smashing success, there was a you know we won 13 games last year. This is a weird situation bringing a guy in with a you know getting half the roster back, the new grad transfer rules, not being able to recruit the 2022 class. Let's see. If next season is just a whatever season, but we've got this gigantic 2023 class waiting in the wings, I think you still get excited about Kenny Payne if that's your mentality. But again, if it was, I think we should be top 25 right off the bat, I think we should be second weekend contenders right off the bat, then you're setting yourself up for potentially a little bit of disappointment. I think that's where the NCAA cloud does have a little bit of unfortunate effect on us. And by the way, I like that phrase, a guy you have to Google. Yeah. Google guy. Look, that's we've had not, some over the that's years. That's not a recruit you want. If you label a recruit a Google guy, that's not a good thing. We're in the mix for Timothy Jenkins. Like, well, all right. Time to do some research. Actor? <laughs> uh, quick shout out here before we wrap up hour number two. Reed Detmers has just been named the AL Player of the Week. Uh, players get a really cool watch when they he win that according no to the text hitter. line. Congrats. No, yeah. <laughs> Great week for no hitters in the world of Louisville, or at least my world of baseball. One of them won a game, the other did not. <laughs> well, he did get 12 run support. I mean, you, you got zero. <laughs> they got four hits. It'd have been worse even if he'd lost like two to one somehow. Man. That would, that would have been even more bitter, probably. Not that it's not bitter enough as it is. All right. Uh, coming up after the break to start the five o'clock hour, we're going to do it. We've been talking about this since last week. Louder Than Life, Bourbon and Beyond. Every day this week, we're giving away single day passes to both festivals. It's the pick the headliner you want to see. We're going to have a trivia question. The text line is going to be the way that you can win today. We'll have different ways uh, throughout the rest of the week. First person who correctly answers a trivia question coming up in the next hour is going to get those passes, and they're going to be able to pick the headliner that they want to see. It's going to be a fun week. We're excited about this. Start thinking about who you want to see. Start getting those uh, phone fingers ready. Got to be quick. Got to be fun. Going to have a good time. Hour number three is on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. And I don't want the world to see me Cause I don't think that they'd understand When everything's made to be broken I just want you to know edited this. I hope it's edited. Yeah. God Made me nervous the, for a second. God love the radio edit. Oh, trust me. Even when I type in radio edit, I listen to it to make sure it's clean enough. Like, it was, I, I thought that was okay. How mad do you think Plus that? I was waiting for you to talk so I could fade it down right at the beginning of that yeah. part. Yeah. I was like, go on, say something. Go on, say something. Go on, say something. How mad do you think that Everlast was that Everclear was very popular at the exact same time? Because nobody... <laughs> could get the two separate everybody th- everybody confused them that everclear song <laughs> like, i like to pull it and they don't sound anything alike either well no but like you just a mix up of names because everlast was from uh house of pain okay i didn't know that you know jump around he was I'm familiar with house of pain yeah he was a member of house of pain before he went solo which just sounds like nothing like house of pain 
It doesn't. Not at all. You like Everclear? Yeah. I could. Uh, I liked Everclear once I kind of learned more like the background, like the lead singer, how he was his story was kind of. And he wrote a lot of their hit songs. He wrote when he was still living like the. Cause he grew. He grew up in like uh, the L.A. projects. Okay. So I mean. You know, it's he, he had a lot of problems. I think when his sister like died of heroin overdose, had a like he himself had a lot of heroin addiction back in the, in his younger days. And first time, yeah. So, but you see that in a lot of the song, like the early stuff, was actually some, it makes the songs have a little more meaning when you know where it's coming from. You know what else has a lot of meaning? This bourbon and beyond louder than life ticket giveaway, which we're going to do right now. Everclear's not cool enough to be on that. Group. It's pick the headliner week. <laughs> Every day this week, we're giving away single day passes to both festivals. We're gonna have one winner per day. And the winner gets to pick the headliner that they want to see. We're doing a trivia for day one. And for the, the person or people who text in saying, is there going to be some way for podcast listeners to be uh, involved in this? There is going to be one day this week that we're going to make it for purely podcast listeners. Or I guess if you are listening live, you can do it too. But podcast listeners will be able to partake in the competition. I'll give those details tomorrow. But today, pretty straightforward. Trivia question, Louisville sports related. First person to text in the correct response at 502-414-1450, you're going to win the first pick the headliner set of passes. Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm going for this, by the way. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. I can have somebody to, to pick them up for me. <laughs> Louisville football's all-time career passing touchdown leaders is Chris Redmond with 84 career touchdowns. The question today, right. who's number two? Second most career touchdowns thrown in the history of Louisville football. Who is it? You got names to choose from. A lot of big names out there. Thrown a lot of touchdown passes in the history of Cardinal Sports. We want the first person with the correct response. 502-414-1450. Before you reveal the winner on, can I, can I, I don't, I'm going to guess now. I'll wait till someone gets it, gets it right on the text line, but. Nobody's me, gotten it so far. We, responses are coming in. Nobody's gotten it. Because, I mean, one name automatically comes to my mind and then there, it's very close between two names actually. There we go. First one came in. There we go. Okay, so oh, uh, now it, now it's coming in a bunch. So sorry, done. Okay, it's over. We got. Can, so can I guess? Yes. It was it Ragone. It was Dave Ragone. Okay. So we had. We I, had was, he was Ragone, I was torn between Ragone and Brom. I really and, and Brian, not Jeff, by the way. All right, everybody, we can stop now. We, we, we please stop. Please stop. I'm not gonna be able to sift through all these texts now. <laughs> Uh, stop texting. Stop texting the text line. <laughs> All I see is like Lamar, John Medea. <laughs> John Medea? <laughs> Eric Watts. Malik Cunningham. Dave Ragone was the correct answer. I'll get in touch with the winner uh, here shortly. Yeah, Ragone was a four year starter. The, I mean. the winner's number was. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll text you in just a second back and we'll get your details and set you up. And you'll get to pick your first headliner. Thank you to everybody for participating. We'll have a different style for tomorrow, but every day this week we're giving away passes to the pick to the uh, Bourbon Beyond and Louder Than Life Festivals. Pick the headliner. It's the contest. It's going on all week. It's going to be a good time. Would you have, said, would you have guessed Ragone if you didn't know the no, answer? No, I wouldn't have. I was thinking Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Even though it was only three years, and I know he didn't throw as much. I was. Yeah. Thinking, I still thought he was. He would have been the answer. I would have gone, I think Bridgewater or Brom would have been who I would have thought. Yeah, of. I was thinking, I must say, again, we say Brom, you mean Brian as well. I, yes, I yeah. I mean, that's that's right. I mean, I know he split time in his freshman year with the floors, but... It's still like three full seasons. Yeah, but Ragone did start full-time all four years, so... Because he was a redshirt freshman as a starter. It's it was relatively tight. So, Redmond threw 84 career touchdown passes. Ragone threw 74. I'm almost surprised. Teddy was third with 72. Brian, oh, wow. 71. Lamar, 69. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, Malik Cunningham has a chance this year. He's a, He's got 62 career touchdown passes. Granted, he, this will be his fifth season 
as starter slash co-starter. I don't know why I just suppose the 84 seems low for Redmond. 84? I mean, I know it's a lot, but I mean, it's still, I guess, because now it, I, you got to take in, com- in comparison, because I mean, when Redmond retired, he was, or retired, but left college football, he was the second most passing yards in NCAA history. Still all-time passing now, yards I think he's later like, here. He's like probably an overall, he's like sixth or seventh now in the nation, but when he left, he was number two all-time, only behind Ty Detmer. Now, fun follow-up question. So, Redmond, career passing touchdown leader, career passing yardage leader, does not hold the record for single season touchdown passes. Who do you think that is? Um, is it Ragone? Teddy Bridgewater, 2013 through 31. Wow. And see, that, there's reason. There you go. Him throwing 31 would make me think that Redmond could have thrown 31 in back to back seasons. Yeah. Well, then again, out in our first years, we were so bad. We were. Teddy threw 31 in 2013, Brian Brom threw 30 in 2007, Lamar threw 30 in 2016, his Heisman season, and then Redmond threw 29 in both 1998 and 1999. I know this is off the passing stat, but I'm talking about Redmond in terms of national stats. I want to say, I don't think he's number one anymore, but at one time, maybe he still, is Arnold Jackson still the record for most career receptions? I don't think so. He was at 300, which was number one when he left Louisville. Because he, he had like 112. His, what do you mean most receptions at Louisville? No, most receptions in NCAA, for NCAA Oh, there's no way he has that. I mean, he had 300. That's a lot, in the, in a, even in a four-year span. Zay Jones, 399 is okay. the record. So he well, obviously broke it. because From I mean, East Carolina. I know he was. He was a bust for the Bills. And Justin Hardy, also from East Carolina, yeah, is second, 387. That's that Lincoln-Riley offense. Where do you think Arnold Jackson ranks? Now? Well, he is at 300, so I'll say he's probably like ninth now, maybe. 18. 18. 18. That's crazy, though. Like, again, when he left, he was number one. When Redmond left, number two. Now he's like probably ninth or 10th or 11th in list. Well, now after. In terms of passes, because he threw for 17,000 yards? 12,000. Uh, 12,000, 12, okay. And maybe that. he Now he wasn't anywhere near Ty Detmer for what it's worth when he did leave. Yeah, Kellen Moore now has the all time record. Yeah, he got and he got passed very quickly by uh, Brennan from Hawaii, I believe, or maybe it was Tommy Chang, one of the two. Timmy. 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 Cole Brennan just died. R.I.P. Yeah, I know. I remember seeing that. Uh, Redmond now ranks, he is 26th all time. Yeah. We left you with second. <laughs> Case Keenum has the record. Timmy Chang is second. Landry Jones is third. Graham Harrell and Ty Detmer round out the top five. See, Detmer was number one. Yeah. <laughs> now, he's, now he's down there. I mean, but then again, I guess at the time when you're playing at Lavelle Edwards, BYU offense, that was, I mean, that's the same offense that, that you know, guys like Mike Leach and, and, and company learned from. Sure, sure. I mean, Mike Leach coached under Lavelle Edwards. Um, so there you go. Pass given away. Apl- appreciate everybody who. <laughs> now I'm just reading people like F. <laughs> people are just mad that they didn't win. Uh, Who's the most obscure guest out there? Uh, Johnny Medea. <laughs> Did he? Who is that, by the way? I don't know. I think I feel like that's somebody just throwing a name just to be funny. Some people guess Johnny Unitas, too. Which no. Is, no. Oh, come on. I doubt he had probably 20 touchdowns in his career, let alone a season. I mean, John Medea did play at UofL. Did he? Okay. He's a UofL Hall of Fame quarterback from I've never, 1970 through 72. I've never heard of him. I feel bad. He tossed, for his for the record, uh, 34 career touchdowns. <laughs> Nowhere near, yeah. Far, far. Like, how would you even think to guess anyone before 1990? I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe. I mean, not even Brian Nagel because he was only here for two years. He was a JUCO from West, or not JUCO, but a transfer from West Virginia. So he was only here two years. Yeah, yeah. You had you had to go anybody after Redmond anyway. Trevor, have you seen the the Dabo yes. picture? Oh no, the Dabo. 
You know, so, oh, what so did Dabo do? When Brian Kelly, you know, he made some headlines this summer, I guess, when he went down to LSU, and they have that, you know, they, they, everybody has now, I don't even know what to call it, the spinning thing where you take oh, the pictures that on. Oh, so annoying, and, yeah. yeah. NBC always, I always see it at the Derby when people are, like, showing their pics. They have the celebrities. Like, it always reminds me of the Will Ferrell when he's singing skit. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and they set it too fast, and he starts throwing up everywhere. I always feel like it started that. That was like the NFL draft would do that with, with when they were like yeah, promoting. They definitely like, do people. that. Like that's how far. That's where I always kind of felt it started from. So anyway, that thing you had Brian Kelly on it with a recruit. Yeah, when after he got the job with the LSU, doing oh, it like so like really cringy dancing and like doing finger guns. The only thing, one thing made it, not, made it not the worst thing he's done since LSU was when you heard him use the uh, the really fake accent. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say overall, and I was like, "Well, he also killed the kids." So. No, no, since LSU, no, no, no. We 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 new clean slate down there. There, yeah. In terms of embarrassing, people moments. always go to Baton Rouge yeah. to become clean, <laughs> especially when they're coming from South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> so y- you thought at the time, this is the this is peak cringe. There's no way that a college football coach could embarrass themselves in some sort of recruiting endeavor more than Brian Kelly just has. This, is, this way, is awful. He didn't sign that kid for the record. Did not sign that kid. Yeah, let's just, we need to make sure that's out there too. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Dabo Sweeney saw this and was like, well, i got to step it up now. So we've got Dabo sitting on the lap I gotta look this up, of a kid. I've got it right here. Here's the picture. What is he doing? Well, he's sitting on the lap of a... 17 slash 18 year old boy and it's weird it's like a, i'm like sorry a, it's, it's like weird. a picture i see like in an svu episode it, it's not it's, i could see stable right now going we need to find this guy right away it seems like the overbearing dad of a like high school football player who's like trying to make this more about himself than it is the kid like that's what the picture looks like i would not think it was a head coach trying to actively recruit this kid stop <laughs> this has to stop Stop. You know, Dabo is he's, he's floundering. I've said this many times. The Clemson era of dominance is over. He knows. He's peaked. He's done. He's on the downhill. So he doesn't want kids to have – he doesn't want to be able to recruit kids by paying them because he doesn't believe in that. He said he'd quit football if kids ever got paid. Oh, no, but a lap dance is apparently okay. <laughs> so he's thinking, what are my other options here? I don't want to do the NIL thing. We don't take transfers apparently, so we're left with a limited course of action. And apparently in his eyes, you know, he, I'm sure he made like a pros and cons list, listed everything out. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do that. And all these arrows, you know, he's got one of those boards where it's like the string boards. He's just posting things in different directions, trying to come up with the right idea. All arrows point to sit on that kid's lap. And this is where we are now. We've got Dabo lap sitting 17 year old boys. Do you think that you think this was the alternative to where they originally were like, we'll have the kids sitting on Dabo's lap and they like started. This to, is going to be what would really be funny. Like the photographer at some point just raised his hand and goes, can I intervene here for a moment? Because I feel if I, I hit the snap button on this picture, I'm going to be like enchained somehow in child pornography. I mean, honestly, fair question. <laughs> Is it weirder if the kid's sitting on Davo's lap? Because I kind of think it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. It seems more I mean, logical, but th- I mean, they're both awful ideas. Is this his son? I mean, who do we know? Who's the recruit? Do we know? Uh, he's, he's wearing number seven, so is it a quarterback? I would assume so. I mean, he kind of looks like he, a quarterback. He's got the quarterback. What if it's like a backup punter? <laughs> it's like a walk-on wide receiver. <laughs> what are we doing here, Davo? I mean, not to mention, I mean, you already have a quarterback as a sophomore, DJ Uga Uga. I mean, he, he do, yeah. I mean, I mean you don't. I think we saw what he could do last year. Well, he looked better as freshman year, I guess. But. I'm now reading. Okay, this is this is too good. I'm now reading the reactions on Tiger Illustrated, which is their big message board to this. 
I mean, the look on Dabo's hold face. On, hold on, hold I mean, this, this is too good. All right. First, the first response is, I don't know. I don't find many reasons for an adult male to sit on another male's lap, much less one that is half less than half his age. Is it the end of the world? No, but why? And the person responds to this with, do you ever just goof around? <laughs> ever wrestle? At 61, I don't know anymore, but I used to with my kids quite a bit. I wrestled with friends into my 20s, maybe even 30s. A lot of people don't know this, but Trevor and I just wrestle during the breaks oh, here yeah. all the time. Constantly. I, I'm pinned consistently. It's awful. <laughs> the next response is, yeah, he's not sitting directly on the guy's penis. I'm good with it. I don't know. I'm, the leg is pretty, I mean. I mean, depends. Depends. I mean, yeah, I mean. I, also, I mean, again, like if, when you look at this picture, if you haven't seen it yet, like Dabo's got the face of like to catch a predator smile going on. It's, it, it's, and the kid looks like. It's a bad image. Almost I can't tell, but it's almost, I can like believe if you told me this was photoshopped. It's because it looks like it took a picture of the kid just sitting there and they like photoshopped him onto his lap. Okay, hold on. The kid's a four star. It's a four star. Is he quarterback? I assume. Yes. Where from? What did we know? Christopher Vazina. <laughs> I'm just curious for you know court records later on. This poor kid. <laughs> this poor kid. He Where's did, he from? He didn't ask for this. Birmingham, Alabama. Well, that's why. <laughs> Davo doesn't want Saban to get him, so he's going to sit on. He's going to sit on whoever lap he has to sit on. By the way, is that a, is it mirrors that are like a cell phone in the background and the orange? Column? It looks like it. Like what is with the orange? Yeah, it looks like an old school cell phone. Back this poor there. kid has not tweeted since the image went viral. This kid has not been seen since the image went viral. There's no way he's going to Clemson. <laughs> like, man, no one's seen him since. This Last back- thing getting in a, into a panelist band that said Dabo and Dreams. He is followed <laughs> on Twitter by Pete Nocta. <laughs> is he? Come to Louisville. Pete. Please you, come to Louisville. Pete, let me ask you a question. You're a recruiter. Would you be willing to sit on this kid's lap to lock him up into Louisville? He is the number 52 overall player in the class of 2023. He's the number seven overall quarterback. All seven of his crystal ball predictions have him going to Clemson. I don't know if this was pre or post lap <laughs> sitting, but I, I mean, I would love it. I mean, where's his parents? Oh, at? wait, hold on. He's committed to Clemson. Well, I mean, Debo didn't even need to sit on this kid's lap. Well, I think that's what he committed because of. He the committed lap. in April. Oh, he did. Yeah. Well, maybe he just sit on the lap because he he wants to. Maybe Is this going to change things? He's just happy. If you don't want your lap sat on, come play for Sat. <laughs> no laps for Sat. No. That's the new hashtag. No sat on the lap. <laughs> no set. No sat on the lap. You won't sat on this lap. S A T T. My God, what's wrong? with I this? mean, there there are many other creepier things to do in a picture. But it's, I sure not can't think look. of too many of them right now off the top of my head. Dabo's losing it. I mean, <laughs> he's done. This poor kid. I mean, I'm surprised he's not holding a newspaper up with his other arm. It's over. Uh, <laughs> Where is his other arm at? And why is Dabo smiling so happily? Like, what's, what's going on here? Like, we always see one arm for this kid. He, he's, he's got a, like a, what, what's uh, the dummies are called? Uh, what's the... Tell me like... Show me on this doll where it touched you. No, no. You put your when you do the the dummy and you move. You don't move your lips, but the dummy talks. Oh, a mannequin. Not a mannequin. Ventriloquist. There we go. That's what he looks dummy? like he's doing a vent. That's the world's dumbest looking uh, doll. Is this Dabo Sweeney? Because we I can don't see it. We don't see where the other kid's arm is, <laughs> and he's not smiling like Dabo is. We've established the fact that it's a poor image. I think we can move on now. But I agree with everything that you're saying. Uh, <laughs> Thornton's sex line is 502-414-1450. Let's talk about... Uh, you never brought this picture up to my attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, okay. Not really, actually, because Dabo deserves all the heat. It's yeah. fine. Um, 
Texter brings up Jermaine Lowell. Uh, he says, what's the word on Lowell? His commitment would drastically change my excitement level for this season. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with this story. Keith Wynn wrote about Jermaine Lowell last week. To Arizona State? Exactly. Okay, I know he is, yeah. Defensive lineman. I mean, we look, no bones about it. We need help on the defensive front. We, we have needed help on the defensive front for what feels like forever, certainly the last in the Satterfield era, and this guy could really help. He, he, at defensive end is where Keith thinks he would play. In 2019, he had 73 tackles, six and a half sacks, 10 tackles for loss. Uh, he's being recruited pretty actively by just about every major college football program uh, in the country. Keith thinks that he kind of reminds him of Sheldon Rankins, which is pretty high praise considering what Rankins did in college and then you know, where he was drafted. Yeah, he's a top 15 draft pick. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, we're not saying he's going to necessarily be Sheldon Rankins, but you can see why he's being so heavily pursued. Um, I know he still plans to visit, I think, Florida this weekend is, is where he's, his next move is. I haven't heard any timetable as far as when he plans on making some sort of decision. I think that it's out there that he could, I guess, still potentially return to Arizona State. I've seen Arizona State fans talking about that. Um, but it sounds like it's more likely that he's headed somewhere else. And we seem to be in the mix. I know USC and Oregon are also on his short list. I think he's either visited there or plans to visit there. But clock's ticking now. I mean, we, we it's May 16th. I know we've talked about t- clock ticking for the basketball side of things because summer sessions are going to start in just a couple of weeks. But football, I mean, you've got conditioning sessions going on when the kids get back to campus here at the end of May and then fall camp is right around the corner. So you want to get everybody who's going to be a part of this 2022 team on campus as soon as possible. So would love to have a decision from him one way or the other pretty soon, but would he, I I don't agree with the texture as far as him dramatically changing my expectations for the entire season, but it certainly would give the defense a big boost. If you put him out there at one end and you have Ashton Gelade, who I think we saw great things from last year as a true freshman, on the other, that greatly enhances a pass rush that has just not been good the last couple of years. Now, also, it would greatly enhance the pass rushes continuing to you know, rush more than three on passing downs. But, hey, old topics. We'll get there when the season comes back. I just have five numbers, one word, and one hyphen to tell you why he'd be a good addition. Okay. Six two, three hundred and five pounds. Big boy. That's yeah. We we need we need meat on on the line. Big boy. I mean, I, is is he any good? You know what? He's definitely good. That's future. That's future coaches and Trevor to worry about. Right now, I see a guy that doesn't weigh two hundred and thirty pounds on our defensive line. Possibly. I, I I don't want to put it out there because the last time that we had all this, hey, he's coming. Crystal ball predictions are coming. It was with Imani Bates, who still might come here, but very clearly it's not as cut and dry as it seemed a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And that was both national and local guys. But the local rivals and 247 riders have all now put in predictions for Jermaine Lowell to pick Louisville. And the staff is kind of doing that thing where it's like, hey, like, you know, like eyeball emoji, basically tweets, like putting it out there. We need I hate the eyeball emoji. I do too, but I get excited when I see. Like, like if they're like ever going to get rid of emoji, like they need to get rid of the eyeball emoji. Yeah, he took his he took his visit here and he put a tweet out over the weekend, being like, "It's different at Louisville." And Pierce Clarkson like retweeted it and was like, "I'm trying to tell you all all this stuff." Predators on the state, I'm sure it is, <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah, I'm obviously yeah. He, I mean, apparently the visit went very well. And it's why I'm hoping that we get a decision pretty soon because you don't want him, you, know, you don't want him taking these visits to Florida. You don't want him taking these visits out there to USC. You don't want him looking at other power conference schools. You want to go ahead and get this done. But I like the tweet. It's different out here. 
Is he from out west uh, Arizona Bay? Or? I have no idea. Okay, I wasn't sure. But I mean, I'm looking at his stats where it obviously, with the exception of the the uh, COVID year, has put up, I mean, three sacks and six and a half, and as a freshman and as a sophomore, it's pretty good. I mean, we need, you said it, like, we need size, we need speed, we need consistent pass rush. Size in general, as much as anything, yeah. He gives you this. Like, like he is a freak athlete. He oh, was, we got him locked up. He's from Long Beach, California. Oh, we. This is a done. Ah! <laughs> the photo always scares you. Yeah, we know how we, we yeah, we got a reputation in the beach right now. This was a guy who going into last season uh, was on a lot of NFL draft boards. A lot of people thought it was going to be his last season of college football and that he would be, you know, a multi-millionaire right now after having signed a deal. It didn't work out that way because of injuries. And now he's, he's looking for a second home and then hopefully we'll be back in the draft next season. It would be a huge get. I think it changes the entire dynamic of the defense. I'm not going to say it's a season changer for me, but I'll tell you what it do- definitely does. Any potential excuses that are out there for Brian Brown in year four or this entire defensive staff, they certainly go out the window more because you've bolstered the secondary I think you feel good about the pieces you have coming back in the middle. You now are, you've got a couple of, like, Gelati is a big deal on the defensive front. He was a big-time recruit who showed that he could live up to that potential last season when he was playing. And if you add a bona fide, already established, I don't know if star is too strong, but I'll say it, college star at the other end of your defensive front, it's, it's a front 11 that should be pretty damn good. It certainly should be better than what we've seen the last three years. So... Would love to get this done. But he is apparently headed to Florida this weekend and then has planned a visit to Texas Tech on May 27th. And then after that, the first weekend of June, he's supposed to be going to Oregon. But Louisville, hoping that it doesn't get to those visits and that we can do the uh, basketball thing and, and go ahead and lock him down before he gets on anybody else's campus. Get it done, Brom. Or Brown, sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip. Brom would have got it done already. <laughs> Come on. Hey, he might not make sure he passes all his classes, but he'll get him, definitely get him, he'll want him to pick here. You saw uh, we're produced top wide receivers, academic yeah. eligible. Listen, yeah, real quickly, we can mention that because it, Which, it's a It was local, what kept him out of the bowl game, too, I think. Yeah, Milton Wright, who's from here, Christian Academy, who was a— We mentioned last week we were talking about the the recruiting swings and misses and how that the best Kentucky recruiting class, at least of the recruiting network era where they have stars and, and rankings and all that stuff, <laughs> was— Mine just went to the, the network star shows. These type of Battle of the Network Stars? <laughs> yes, I don't know why. Like when you worded that, I'm right. Focus, focus, focus. <laughs> the best class of the the star era in recruiting was 2018, and we had I think a top ten class from our top ten players from Kentucky that all were four star or five star, and Louisville got none of them. And one of the biggest misses was Milton Wright, who's in your backyard playing for Christian Academy, mm-hmm. and it hurt especially because he wasn't one of the the ones that picked Kentucky. He didn't go to a perennial powerhouse like Notre Dame or Ohio State. He got plucked by Jeff Brom and Purdue. And he goes up there, has a couple of very, very productive years. You're right. Like, doesn't get to play in the bowl game. People he was good of, last year, but especially with Bell being out most of the He's great. Yeah. And now with Bell being gone, he was expected to be, like, their guy this year in the passing mm-hmm. game. And he is not going to play. He's not with the program anymore because of academic issues, according to the press release. Now, my question is, are we talking, like, can't play anywhere academic issues? <laughs> I mean, or are we talking, like, just at Purdue? Because... Is Purdue standards that high? I mean, I guess for the engineering class they would be maybe, but I'm hoping so because I would like to see him play for my favorite team. I think you know we could use some more pass catchers with this offense. More, wait, uh. we could use we could use a few. And if Milton Wright, you know, if he if he's 
can get the grades well enough in order to enroll at UofL and play for the cards, then I'm not going to push back against it. He's an, he's a big-time talent. I mean, whose test do I got to take to get the kid eligible? Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe not you. <laughs> we'll send you. I don't know about me. I don't know about me. I got the brain fog going on. We got new interns. Potts, we'll Potts, send, is, ruining, we'll, we'll Potts send, is ruining Louisville football. We bring interns in for We'll send him to take the test. <laughs> if somebody, in all seriousness, because I read the story and it wasn't clear, so if anybody does have I clarity. I just read the headline. I didn't even deep in, go deep into it just yet. I just saw the headline this morning. Or, Trevor, I'll be honest. I expected that from you. I, I, I wasn't going to go to you for the fine details. But if somebody does know... <laughs> If he's slightly hurt, <laughs> you, you, how many you use the word skim every single day on this show? I think I should at least win it mix up when it comes to milk. I think you should at least give me credit for at least knowing it, right? I mean, sure. Okay, thanks. My my point is, <laughs> if somebody does know definitively whether or not he's eligible to play college football next season, um, let me know on the text line because I can't I can't seem to find the answer. I mean the. The fact that he wasn't in the bowl game last year, which I don't think they announced that was academic reasons, but it, it's it, been said since it was. I mean, it was on the the the, the down low that it was academic reasons going into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that would make me think he just quit going to classes a long time ago, which is a bold move. Which is when, why, and if that's the case, why not just go to the pro? I mean, you, he's eligible for the. NFL. He's not eligible apparently. I, I saw that in one of the releases, and I'm not sure exactly. This is another one of the. Yeah, things. he's a junior last year, but he's not somehow. He's not eligible for the draft. He can't go right now, is what they're said. I guess because he technically didn't finish his third full season of college football because he didn't because he was academically ineligible. But that's not. It's about being removed from high school, not actually. I, I know. I, I'm just telling yeah. you what I read. They said he couldn't go to the NFL. So because I remember come I, to Louisville. I know uh, what was his name. What was his name? Uh, Eric Swan. I know you might not remember that name. Defensive of tackle. Of course. Yeah. He was the one that, that dropped out of high school and wanted to go straight to the NFL, and they were like, "No." So he literally just waited three years and then got drafted in the top ten by the, the Cardinals. Yeah. I think he went to a junior college for like a year, but didn't play. So yeah, he was an example of a guy that like you know tried to fight the rule, but didn't actually have to go to college because i mean i don't think he really wanted to obviously but was still like a high draft pick and a decent pro it's kind of a he's bad, also like six five like 400 pounds <laughs> these huge dude yeah. it, it does kind of suck i mean it ended up being sort of a bad break for jeff brom with both milton wright and rondell moore two kids in our backyard that we were very upset to lose i mean rondell was what big 10 freshman of the year and even david moore had injury issues a lot unfortunately it, it certainly i mean jeff has to be thinking a lot of what if right now because you, you didn't you feel like you didn't get as much out of those guys as you thought you were going to, especially when you saw glimpses of their potential mm-hmm. early on in their careers. So I, I feel bad for him in that regard. He's but got a decent quarterback coming into this class. He's supposed he? to. I'm sure he'll get hurt. He's, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. He's had injuries in general that, that snake, snake bitten him well at Purdue. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to as many of these texts that are not answering the, <laughs> the pervert and beyond as possible. Um, <laughs> You should have known better and put that text live. I mean, I've also got. We're going to take a call. So I'm also going to get Trevor's thoughts on the Preakness field. It's going to be exciting. He's going to have dynamic thoughts. Has we'll that see, happened already? We'll see if he can name one horse. It's it's Preakness week, baby. I can't. The, the, damn, the Derby winner's not in it, so I'm screwed on this. You are. You are. We'll play that game coming up after the break. Mike Rutherford Show wraps up next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Say you really might know what it's like to sing.
So early on when you started playing the theme and we started talking about disturbing behavior, there were like three texts from people talking about Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitter from Disturbing Behavior being a great song. That's, that's the first yeah. time. When you hear this song, does that not make you think of the movie Disturbing Behavior? It does, and I think of the music video. Well, the video's actually not to do with anything. I know. Weirdly enough, there were three songs on today's list that were from Disturbing Behavior soundtrack. This is one of them. You know, this song actually is not technically part of the soundtrack that How? was released. That's I strange. don't know why, yeah. That's disturbing behavior, if you think. <laughs> uh, the other two were the song called um, uh, Got You, the Fly Song, which uh, got you with the real slow. And he's like, got you where I want you. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, okay. You, which you, I think you would remember that song. It was kind of popular in the late 90s. Uh, it was from that. And the original song, which was um, Every Little Thing Counts, which is also kind of more popularly known from the Varsity Blues soundtrack. Yes. It's it's uh and this song I think you could almost think if you don't think di- disturbing behavior you would go, um it was very popular used on American Pie as well. That's right. It's used during the uh, the montage of them preparing for the the prom night. Oh, that's right. But that it's like it feels like the two different like that version though is what I just played. Like if you think of disturbing behavior, I feel like your mind automatically goes to what like well in this. In the show, which will be, you know. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming this is two me. minutes and 30 seconds into the song. Yeah, that's what but I That's disturbing behavior, yeah. Like, it's, it's, I feel like it's two different songs almost. Yeah, maybe I am. In a way. So, yeah, know. there you go. Shout out to James Morrison. We love him. I, I forgot he was in that movie until last night. Do you, do you remember James Morrison, period? Oh, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, I think Westworld and I think of uh, X-Men. I never really watched X-Men. He actually did X-Men like two years later after that movie came out. Which, hmm. Do you want to give the year, by the way, that we're doing today? Oh, um, Obviously, it's something to do with disturbing behavior. So, I f- Was that either... It had to be 98, 99. Um, you're, not, you're not nodding in approvals. Now I don't feel as good about it. Um, <laughs> let, me give you the, let me give you my Rick. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 99? <laughs> no. 2000? No, 98. Oh! You were closer. You were, you were, I doubted myself based you, on your yeah, reaction. Yeah, you shouldn't have gone. You shouldn't have gone up. Should have gone down. Yeah, that's, that's what okay. she said. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Not what she said. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Sax line. We'll try to wow. take some of your text here. The creepiest pause I ever did in this video. Like the hipster lead singer's like screaming at me. <laughs> hey, stop watching Harvey Danger videos. I know. Stop. Stop. That <laughs> uh, looks like pure ninety eight. Texas says, Mike, are your thoughts on Thomas <laughs> Jefferson solely based on Hamilton the musical? No. Yeah, it, you you were anti Jefferson before that came out, right? I'm not anti Jefferson. Oh no, you hate Thomas Jefferson. I don't hate Thomas Jefferson. You, you don't even. I hate Virginia's him as a, relationship with Thomas Jefferson. You don't even acknowledge him as the third president. Look, if my if my thoughts were, you go straight from Adams to Adams. Shut up. Gets <laughs> what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> if your thought, if my thoughts were based purely on Hamilton the musical, I would think Thomas Jefferson's awesome. Is He's, it true that when you went to DC last, you spit on the Thomas Jefferson Memorial? Stop. <laughs> stop. Monument. Uh, <laughs> stop. I mean, it's okay to hate Thomas Jefferson. No, I mean, like, is there really like other than people? Well, no, are, you can hate. I mean, clearly, there was not a lot of cool stuff. That I mean, Thomas Jefferson did well, some very uncool things, but that was a pretty lot much president. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot. Of, but uh, I mean, the musical, like, David Diggs is the guy who plays him, the original in the original Hamilton, and he's like the coolest guy in the entire thing. He's awesome. So, yeah, if it was based on that, then I would, I would love. Should I watch Hamilton? I've never watched it. I think you'd like it. 
Like I don't. I'm not going. I think I don't know though. I'm not as confident because there's a movie version on like Disney Plus, right? Like a shorter. It's not a movie. It's basically just like the 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 musical filmed. I'm not a musical guy. I'm not really either. I pushed back. So we did this, Mary. Before I mean, we there's, had. There's a few I like. Blues Brothers. Does that count as musical? I mean, I like Blues Brothers. No, it's not a musical. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, can't. it's pretty music based. I mean, is there is is Blues Brothers like on? Do they do like Broadway and stuff? I mean, they or is could. it just the movie? They did Lion King on Broadway, but you don't have to right. be a Broadway. But that's to be different a than the movie. You can be a musical on, on film. What, Trevor? I'm, I'm aware. I'm just. I, saying, I was just asking you a follow up question. <laughs> like, I don't think of Blues Brothers as like a musical. Okay. But I, so you know, I'd heard of Hamilton a bunch, and I definitely did the thing where it was like, I want to push back on not liking this thing that everybody says is so cool because <laughs> you're cool. Well, yeah, you're well, too I wanted cool to, to be cool. And, like, I like, I've liked musicals before. Like we saw Jersey Boys, I enjoyed it. I've seen a couple of other ones that I liked. Let's think of the other the other guys when I hear that now. <laughs> Understandably so. Yeah. But Mary really wanted to see it before we had Virginia in, in 2019. So we were going to go, okay. like, the last trip we had, like, as a, a family of two, we are going to sh- go to Chicago, spend a weekend up there, see Hamilton. And so, see, okay, never mind. You wanted to make a trip out. Well, no, that. it wasn't in Louisville. Like, oh, it wasn't in Louisville. Okay, no. I, it was at one point. It, yeah, it was here for a couple months, uh, a couple years ago. It, it tours, but it's always in Chicago at this big theater. Gotcha. And so we, we planned a weekend up there. Nice. And, like, a month before, I started listening to it when I was, like, mowing the grass, just, like, listening to music to get ready for it. And I was like, okay, I'm into it. Like, like I, I didn't want to be, like, Halfway through my first listen, you, you I'm like, I'm into it. it. Like you, before you go to a concert, you listen to the tapes, don't you? Oh yeah, oh for you're sure. That, you're that geek. Are you just you're not the same one that wears the, you know, wear the the band, the well, t-shirt no. of the band at the concert you're at. Right? I'm doing it if it's a band that like I'm not familiar with. If I'm, if I'm going there just because my friends really like it, and I don't, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a good time. Then I'm gonna like try to listen to some of the music before I go. I mean, sure. you would think you would be a fan of something before you bought a ticket to it, but okay, not really. I mean, you just buy random musical concert tickets. That if it's like a, if it's a cool concert and like it's a weekend where I've got nothing going on and my friends are big into a band and I want to have a good time, then yeah, like I'll go to a concert with a band that I'm not really familiar with and okay. listen to it beforehand. Never been there. Okay. We're doing that. Like Mary like doesn't really know much my morning jacket. We're going next month, so she's trying to listen to some my morning jacket. But she's going with you because you want to see them. And my friend, uh, we have friends coming in town that are going to go. Okay. Worried about the pots, but it's okay. I wouldn't worry about the pots that are my morning. What about my pots? <laughs> yeah, that's that shouldn't be a problem at a. We're my, not worried about that. My pots. Morning jacket concerts. <laughs> but anyways, David Diggs is cool. Um, Texas says, being the DePaul basketball fan that you are, Mike, where do you think Max Struss ranks uh, among the all-time great players in the history of DePaul? Oh, he's, he's who? Getting, Max Struss. He's in the NBA right now. He's playing in the playoffs. No, I mean the best DePaul player of all time is George Mikan. Dar Tucker. Or did he be George Mike and or Mark Aguirre died for one and two? Well, I mean, I, but Max Struss is like legit good. Like he was a he was a good player at DePaul. He plays for the Heat now. He's I honestly don't remember him. He averages double figures in the NBA. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he scored. Uh, he, he played, doesn't really impress me with the way the NBA style. He played is well, and I know he played well in the last game that they had. He scored twenty points in the clinching game against the Sixers. And 19 the game before that. Anyways, he's up there. Best of Paul players of all time. Top 10, for sure. I would put him you know, right, right, right somewhere between Stephen Hunter and uh, Rod Strickland. Right behind George Mikan. <laughs> let's not forget Terry Cummings, by the way. Terry Cummings, badass. Yeah, he was a badass. Texas says, I can see it now. Uh, Trevor on the staff, three chairs down from Kenny Klein in his Kraken shirt. <laughs> oh, you damn right. Texas I mean, says, I mean, "Come on, coach, what are we doing here?" Texas says, "Speaking of Bozich, I've uh, oh, I've got to be careful here. Careful with it. How mean is this going to be? 
can't be worse than me mispronouncing his name for like the first year I knew him. Texas, speaking of Bozich, I've lived in several large media markets and surveyed the local sports writing field for a number of years. It's striking to me how marginally talented Bozich is compared to Crawford. Over the years, I've found Bozich's writing to be routinely hackish and lazy. Crawford is nuanced, deeply researched, and regularly profound. The contrast is striking to me. I almost never hear it mentioned. No, it's, I like Rick, but he's not really far off. He's he's always been kind of a hot take on his on his articles, even back in the day of the the traditional newspaper. I don't mind Rick. I feel like he like the the effort level I think is different than it used to be. It's gone down, but even like in his prime, he he always kind of like Crawford's also really good. He's always kind of looked. I always felt like he he was always kind of looking for almost I I guess what what would you call clickbait in the nineties. Like newspaper bait, I mean paper bait, news bait, birch bait, <laughs> I mean, title bait. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so he always kind of. I was like, because that's something that used to kind of annoy me. Like I like, I like Rick. I like him personally, and I mean, I don't like. I do have you know respect for him because he's been in this business so long. But like, even when I was a kid, I think I told you the story about like him and me and him and his daughter. And me and well, okay. Let's tread carefully here. <laughs> no, like he was, I don't think I know the story, and now I'm very concerned. This is when I was working at Carbo Heroes. I was working at the Green Tree store, and we used to have his stores like seasonal. We'd open like in Green Tree Mall just for like three months. Okay, and we'd always bring in new new staff. Okay, and one of them was like just like some young girl. And her name was Maggie. Didn't know anything else about her. Like it was so far, her so first good. Day. And she's like her first day there, and I'm reading like the sports section, and I'm reading something Rick wrote. And I just start bashing him. Oh boy! And when I would, I would get mad. I would change the, the spelling of his name from B O to like B A L L Z. You know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I started referring to him as that. And half an hour in, which I wish she would have like waited, not waited like the next twenty eight minutes. <laughs> she finally reveals that Rick's her dad. Her name's Maggie Post. <laughs> and I'm like. I'm like <laughs> Okay. You could have stopped me. Way like- better than I was worried about. <laughs> Good story. I enjoyed it. Glad I glad I I I've stayed the whole time. The point I don't know if there is a point other than my embarrassing moments and I didn't really care. I was like, Well tell your dad that his article is shocking that you would not like give in to your no. stubborn premonition. Hell no. Yeah, I love I love that you wouldn't be like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Amazingly she also didn't last long at Carbon. I think she quit like for like two days. You probably did that. <laughs> that probably had something to do with That's it. That's probably your fault. It's like 22 years ago. <laughs> I thought that was going to be way worse. I was very, when you started, I was like, oh no. Oh no, off, off the year, I'll tell you the worst part. Okay, well. Okay. <laughs> Texas, so since we have Dan and the Dumps on the podcast, can we do maybe like a Trevor in the Trash on the radio? That's pretty much every show. Like you, you I'm, not, I'm usually a beat. No, so. no, no. But like Dan has a story of like he'll have like a Dan the dumps is like a quick story that he has about something bad that's happened to him because he did something dumb. Oh, and those, yeah, yeah. I'm like Trevor, you, you tell like you have you don't hold back about like your stories that. No, no. Yeah, like when you do something dumb or something bad happens to you, like no. every day it's Trevor in the trash, like bashing someone's father right in front of him. You kind of just thirty did, like, minutes without knowing how's doing it. Yeah, that actually is perfect timing. <laughs> like that text, like that was your Trevor in the trash story for today. It was perfect. Uh, Tex said, did Kenny Payne promise this stuff? I said, I don't, or Tex said, I don't know what idiots thought Payne would come in and just complete 180, the b-ball program. It's going to take years. Did Kenny Payne promise this stuff? He has never promised one of those things. I disagree with take years. I think a year, I mean, we're already seeing the progress in 2023 class possibly coming to fruition. Payne absolutely did not like, and this is kind of why during the coaching search and then in the days immediately after Payne was, was hired, I sort of said on here, like, 
I wish some people, like in the, the Twitter sphere and the, in the, the, mm. the Louisville fan world, would pump the brakes just a little bit because I feel like it's it's almost counterproductive to get everybody thinking. Like, like there was some talk out there, like like you know we're gonna be the national championship mix this year. Like we're already back. Like everybody's trembling thinking about Louisville, and I'm like it reminded me a little bit of Kentucky's fan reaction, like when they hired Billy Gillespie. Like, like you know, not that I'm comparing Kenny, but like. It seems so stupid in hindsight that they would like any piece of little news. Like Kentucky offered an eighth grader, they're like, "Oh my God, Gillespie's on the front, cut, like cutting edge. Like we're going to be incredible." Like let's wait a little bit and see what how this is going to play out. I'm excited about Kenny Payne. I love the things that he's been saying. I love the kids that we're now like in on in the, the 2023 class. I like that we've been at least in the mix for some of the top transfer prospects. I hope we land at least a handful of them to make next year's team as as prom- as competitive as possible. But the whole, like, we'll never be out of the top 25 again. Like, we'll never go. Like, we're instantly one of the biggest names in college basketball again. Like, let's just give it a little bit of time. I wouldn't say give it a whole lot of time, though. I I'm, mean, I'm fine I, with that, I'm depending thinking, on what the NCAA does. I mean, again, and I've said, and you you can agree or disagree, but I said, you know, and we still know, but I, I said, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of crazy to assume that he could not be have a tournament team in year one. Now, I'm not saying I'm expecting it, but I think it's plausible. And I think still think it is plausible if he's a good enough X and O coach. You know, we don't sure, know. Sure. I mean, with the talent that we have on the court right now, I'm not saying we're a team that's going to be like going to the Final Four, but making a tournament's not really that much of a stretch. It shouldn't be. I mean, or at least being in tournament talk. But, but say, within, okay, real quick, with this roster right now, let's say they add, let's say they add Malachi Smith, like a good okay. guard, and then a couple of other like just kind of okay whatever players. Do you think that roster is good enough to go to the NCAA tournament? I think so. Yeah, I think it have a, it would have a chance. Like I don't see why not. I mean, especially with the ACC. I mean, right now, I mean, what we're looking at is Duke is up in the air with with how they're going to transition from one to the other. We sure. seen, we saw North Carolina last year, and yes, your memory is short term that you're thinking of the t- tournament, but let's not forget how sporadic that team was all year long. And uh, there's a good chance they're going to be that way this year because their backcourt they live and die by that backcourt, and that backcourt is. Well, sporadic at best. Well, they got Baycott. Yeah, but they go. They live and die with that backcourt. Yeah. I think so. I mean, that when when Davis and, and Love play well, they were rolling through people. Well, and, sure, yeah. and it's everybody. Uh, and I mean, who else do you have in that? I mean, off the top, of my, I mean, can you name anybody that's going to come in the next year from what you saw last year to make you think that they are a definitive team that's that's head and shoulders above anyone well, else? Well, Miami would be the one now that they've landed. They're bringing back everybody. They've landed some big time transfers. They should be good. But besides them, like no, it, no it's, I mean, it feels a lot like last year, and it's very wide open. Like, do I think if, if you're asking me in that scenario, like we add a Malachi Smith player and then three just kind of whatever guys, if you put a, a gun to my head, and please don't, and ask me, is that team going to the NCAA tournament? I probably say no, but I think it's possible. But like, also, like I've got no idea. We don't know how how, how good of a staff. This this can be yeah. X's nose wise. I've got exactly. I didn't think that there was any way. I'm not gonna say I didn't think there was any way, but I did not think that Louisville was going to go to the NCAA tournament in Chris Max first season before it started, and they made it comfortably. Let me ask you. Maybe this. not the best comparison to draw, but <laughs> just saying, like it, things can happen. Like with the, with what the, the 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 roster you have, if fill in the blank, whatever coach you think is a good X and O coach, mm-hmm. whoever it may be, I don't care their name. You gave them this roster. Would you see this as an NCAA tournament team then? Right now, yes, no. Even with the even what you consider a really good X and O coach in college basketball, no. Okay. Now, do you, when you say no, do you mean like not even being holding your breath on Selection Sunday? No, or 
that that this team is has a chance to be hearing their name at number 10 or 11, 12, but probably won't. I, I just... Because I think there's talent enough to uh, there's th- definitely not to talent, think that's like, out of the realm of possibility. There's still so much unproven. Like, I agree. Like the guys, like, we're all excited about Ellis and Sidney Curry, and understandably so. But they were like like good to okay players on one of the worst level teams of all time. Like they're going to have to be significantly better if we're going to be a tournament team. If we have a chance to be a tournament team, and we don't know, like we've Consistent got no idea how good Mike James is. For. We've yeah. got no idea how good Mike James is. We have no idea if Devin Ree is going to be able to. to like how much he'll be able to contribute right off the bat, and we've got one guard. Like that's, I mean, the one no question small to me thing. is that the talent is, is is consistency. I mean, we know what Curry and Ellis can do. Now, can they do it? Short of you know, groups of four games here and then sure, and that's fifth. and that's the coaching. And the same with Withers as well. I mean, the same. I mean, we trainer obviously has a lot of mystery. I mean, there's. And you mentioned James being a, obviously a mystery. We don't know, you know, was Lance, how much impact Lance can have on this team. For all we know, he could be For a sure. huge twelve point, thirteen point scoring guy. I mean, yeah, you're asking me that question. I'm I'm giving you an answer, but it's a total guess. Like yeah. I, I I could absolutely be wrong, or they could be even worse than I'm thinking. Like I I just I don't know. I I don't want to set too many bars for this team. I will say one that I, I do want to put on it, and, and you can say it's unfair or not. Is this team should have at least a winning record. I'm good with that. Depending on how, I'm not asking for twenty and six or so. I mean, even even at fifteen and fourteen is one thing. I want to see how the roster fills out, and I also want to see what happens with the NCAA ruling because I think whether you agree with it or not, if a team starts a season knowing that it can't play in its conference or any postseason tournament, I do think it has an effect on your psyche, and I do think it has an effect on your on court production. That's true. So we'll see with that. I also think the reverse could be true. Like if you, if they find out in mid to late October, a couple weeks before the season starts, that they're able to play in both those tournaments, like we're good to go. Let's let's go full bore. It may give you an extra little ad- adrenaline boost. Like they may be even better than they would have been otherwise, or under normal circumstances. So who knows? I mean, there's still it's May. We, we've got a, a lot of shaking out to do on a number of different fronts. We can have more educated conversations about this moving forward. I know we're up well, against the end of the conversations show. Conversations at least. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Sexer says, I've slandered Arby's for 15 years and haven't had it since I was 11, but when Trevor is right, he's right. Arby's is fire, but he's still wrong about the NBA. It's the most talent there's ever been. Wow. Ever. I love how he just pulled the rug out from underneath you right ever, at the very end. Ever. Um, wow. You might... When were, you, when were you born? 2012? <laughs> Texas disagree on the, the Bozich cross. Okay, I'm not going to. We, enough Bozich slander. I'm, I actually don't want to slander because I like Rick. You do. Uh, Texas could not be more over Lynn Manuel Miranda. Give me more of the dudes who, that wrote music for The Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman was awesome. That may be a better bet for you. This is The Greatest Show. I can see me going to Jersey Girls because I like the music. I can't believe Jersey Boys. Jersey Girls. <laughs> Jersey Girl was a very bad Kevin Smith movie. Well, uh, you're right. I was, oh man, I, you know, I love Kevin Smith, but man, I it can't was believe not it. Very good. I can't believe it took this long for somebody to bring this up. I thought this was going to be like an open the show text, but I wasn't going to bring it up unless somebody else did. Oh, no. Did you see what Brandon Bender tweeted this morning? Oh no. He tweeted, "If no. this is true, he's on Twitter, by the way. Oh yeah, the I big mean, ticket B five. He's DM me like a million times over the years. Another one might be coming." He, he tweeted out this morning at 8.22 a.m. If this is true, it's going to be amazing. Louisville, Clemson, and Florida State to the SEC. I'm hearing the SEC commissioner is going after all three. That's be a crazy big move. Hashtag SEC. That's what you're hearing there, uh, B-Ticket 5? I love it. Is that, are, are you, are, Bender's are, the perfect 
conference realignment rumor, rumor monger. Perfect. Like, I feel like when he, he thinks he's talking to the SEC commissioner, he's going to that car wash that says salt eats cars. He thinks that's the SEC. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I do. Yeah, you have to know what I'm talking about. Who doesn't drive by that and goes, SEC? Oh, man. I, I apologize to the tweets that we did not get to today, the text that we did not get to, I should say. Uh, we'll try to get to tomorrow. We'll give away more tickets to Bourbon Beyond and Louder Than Life tomorrow, so keep an ear out for that. Uh, we may do it in a different hour tomorrow, so don't just – Listen to the five o'clock hour. Oh, Maybe. yeah. We don't want you to get comfortable. We might do it right after the beginning of the show. We might just do it uh, second hour. Who knows? It may be what movie did Trevor watch on Sunday? These bogus In guys. order. Yeah, stop, stop, stop. I'll come on. Be, yeah, be nice. Guys, listen. Yeah, be nice to Rick. I, I worked with Rick. I like Rick. Well, there's the, 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 the big J journalism impression from Trevor Kelsey right there. I love it. I'm not going to say you're not wrong maybe about his ability as, as a journalism, but as a person, I like him. There are no like no games tonight. No NBA, no NHL, no playoffs, nothing to pick. God, Rob might actually get a good rating. Can you pick the one? Can you name one Preakness horse? Excalibur? Epicenter, I think is who you're thinking of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going to be a big-time favorite. There are only eight horses. We'll talk about it more really? tomorrow. We probably won't. Uh, enjoy your Monday night, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We'll see you then.